Pokémon. you evolution i don't need fucking wisdom teeth anymore i'm not like biting on twigs and shit (laughs) that was so funny when davis was like god doesn't exist (laughs) (laughs) it was very like like forceful he's like god yeah we're like yeah (laughs) we're like yeah but but (laughs) well it was just really funny how he said it like very like fuck you god doesn't exist yeah it was super funny how he said it well should we jump into this you can't say what up you can tell us! It was God literally like that. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh my God, we just talked for 20 minutes. Good job. Well, let's do this. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello, everybody! Hey, what's up? That was very voice actory. Yeah, bitch. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex no, Life? No, no. We next. are your lovely hosts. I'd rather just be like, what's up? Hey, cunts. <laughs> what's up, oh. bitch? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? What we up? are your slutty hosts. I'm Channa. I'm Corey. And Simone is sleeping right next to us right now. Yes, bitch. She's and so we're cute. here, everybody. We're back. It's episode 33. It's been a good... We're queerer t- than ever. It's been a good two weeks since you've heard from us. Mm-hmm. It's been a rough two weeks. We're not going to lie. Yeah, but, it's been... Yeah. But we are fucking back. I promise you we will not take a week off for hopefully a while. Hopefully a while. <laughs> life though who knows who knows though but um so yeah so welcome back everybody it's episode 33 so the reason if you don't follow us on instagram one how dare you first of all how dare you fuck you bitch but two you're probably wondering where the fuck have we been so i shattered my pinky knuckle about two weeks ago Corey and i went to bike prom and we went with jordan and seven and a half inch crop top and a bunch of our other friends kai rachel you've heard of all of them and we were riding our bikes, and Corey called me on my phone, and I like I was talking to my phone. I looked down, and I hung up, and when I looked up, I was about to crash into Jordan's bike. <sighs> so I tried to swerve around it, and I am not a good enough bike rider to do any fancy moves like apparently moving a bike. So I biffed it really hard, and I shattered my pinky knuckle. The fun part about the story yes. is when I got up, so the person behind me who's riding his bike, he's actually like a paramedic. Mm-hmm. So how convenient is that? So when I got up, like he stopped at like his with all of his friends, they're like, Oh my god, are you okay? He's like, I'm a paramedic, let me look at your finger. So was, I got like immediate medical attention. Nice. And he looked down and my pinky was just pretty much hanging off sideways to my hand. Ew. It was like a good like really? 100 degrees <sighs> off of my hand i didn't hear that part Jeez. yeah and i looked down and i was like i don't think my pinky's okay that's what i said is it was like dangling off of my hand and the guy's like oh shit we need to re reset it and the girl next to me she was like do you want to take some whiskey shots to reset it and You're i was like, like yeah, yeah. so i grabbed their whiskey bottle and i chugged like i want to say five or six like gulps of whiskey and i was like okay just do it and he reset my finger and I heard the pops and it cracked all the way down to my elbow. <sighs> but I stood there with no emotion, just like not even recognizing what Stop. happened. And the girl next to me, she looked at me and she was like, 
oh my god she's like you're the coolest person i've ever seen she's like how did you not flinch she's like are you like a monster like you're cool and i looked at her and i was like i don't know what's touching her vagina (laughs) yeah so she gave me she's like she's like half some more whiskey so i took like three more shots because i knew that my pain was about to be pretty severe and then uh, we were at bike prom, so we didn't have, like, a splint or anything. So he wrapped my finger with, like, a piece of garbage and, like, Velcro. Literally. At that point, Corey showed up, and he was like, what the fuck happened? I was like, um, my bike's fucked and my finger's fucked. So he went to Walgreens to get me a splint uh-huh. as we walked my bike to, like, a little shelter in the, like, a little pavilion area at the park. Uh, three and a half hours later, we got to the urgent care in Provo I sat, I, it was a nightmare. We were there for like two hours. Um, that's when I found out I'll, I would probably most likely need hand surgery. Damn. It was like this whole thing. They like wrapped my finger like for reals. He like prescribed me some good old painkillers. And then he's like, go talk to a hand doctor. A few days later, I talked to the hand doctor. And the first thing he said is I needed hand surgery. So a week later, which is this past week, um, I got the hand surgery. It w- wasn't like an open hand surgery, luckily, because I saw it because they saw me so soon but there are like two pins currently sticking out of my hand like uh. i saw them a few days ago and um yeah and i have zero access to my left hand right now but yeah so i went through hand surgery and i have like a four to eight week recovery it's chill i'm kicking it i've been on some hydrocodone for a while what's Ooh. up I've, I've been off it for about a week now but anyways that's why we couldn't record last week because i was dead because i was Either I was getting surgery and then I was just on painkillers. I had to go back to the ER. It was like this whole Damn. fucking thing last week. So we couldn't record. Sorry, everybody, but not sorry. Because like, sorry, not sorry. I was literally 100% unable to record. Yeah, okay, let's jump in just to my fact of fact because it's a long one, okay? It's a long one we're and it's 12, 11 in the morning. Yeah, so we're doing this. Okay, so I um, went and researched more uh, more about the Stonewall Riots, of course. We're doing Stonewall, Stonewall Riots Part 2. Bitch. Part 2. And so basically, if you haven't heard this, go back to our last episode and just listen to my fact effect then. Yeah, bitch. Um, I'll reset the scene a little bit. But first, before I get to that, I watched a documentary about the Stonewall Riots by PBS. Um, it's pretty good. I would say the people that got to talk about it were all just like white men. So, oh. Or no, there was a couple. No, that's not true. That's not true. Um, they, they had a good representation of different like walks of life and stuff like that. So it was pretty good. Um, you get to see the uh, uh, head chief dude. I forget his name, but I'll say his name again. I have it written down here. I just forget it right now. But like the head NYPD dude that was the head of the task force that was going on. You know, that like moral oh, yeah. task force. Yeah, the moral task Lol. force. Yeah. <laughs> he was in it. And I was like flipping him off every time he showed up. Oh, fun. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so basically I got some little bit more info into stuff that happened the t- like in stuff that I covered as the Stonewall raid started happening okay. before the riots just started. Um, so I'm going to go back and like add some little tidbits in really quick. So, so I got some name of some of the, uh, some of the drag queens that were there or, or transgender people, but we'll just say drag queens because that's what they were identified as at the time. Nice. Um, so we got a Mary Queen of Scotch. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> that's um, Congo Woman. Yes. Miss Twiggy. And then my favorite, of course, Captain Faggot. Yes, <laughs> Captain Faggot. We're here for you. Isn't We're living Captain for you. Captain Faggot, awesome. Okay, that's so awesome. That's amazing. Um, also, the the documentary was really good. It got me into like a really good. Um, they start like the first. I think it was like what it was like forty minutes to an hour, and the first like 
15 minutes is all just like setting the scene, like setting the decade, setting the 60s, and then setting just how important this place was. We mentioned that this was the only place, like there were a couple other gay bars, but this was like the only real gay bar that you could actually dance at. Oh, yeah. Um, that is mentioned a couple times, and I think I realized now that it was mentioned because this was the one that you can mainly slow dance at. Oh. Like you could actually be there and like be intimate with your in romantic with your partner yeah and they would allow it i think the other ones might have been i don't i don't know they might have just been more just like dancing people just grind yeah yeah and grindy where there might have been straight people around too who knows i don't know um but this one was more just like there were parts and times where you could go and get on the dance floor and just slow dance like it was a dance you can't even slow dance anymore at clubs any yeah club. right yeah <laughs> they turn on a slow dance song at like sun trap everyone be like what the fuck like, everyone's slow grinding sometimes it happens you get like a you get like a power ballad going still, so like from the 80s or something like that people are still like slow grinding instead that's, that's true we were just all grinding <laughs> everyone's grinding to adele like it's no one's business <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a slight dubstep remix. Yeah. Hello. It's, it's, it's me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, in one of the guys in the documentary says that he was like me viewing these people slow dancing and me being able to slow dance with a guy in the dark with like lights flaring around, you know, like disco lights. Yeah. Like it made me realize that I had a chance for love. He literally <gasps> said that. <gasps> oh. Yeah. It was. Fuck. He said that he like sat there and would watch people some nights and be like, "This, there's no way this can last." like within our time yeah like it was it was it's really cute it was a really good like look into just how special this place was for for everyone yeah Yeah. um so also um as i mentioned before the uh, a little bit the front dance room was the main dance room and then the back dance room they said that most of the of the drag queen slash trans people would dance back there i don't know why i don't know why there was sort of that divide but that's mostly what went on Interesting. Um, there are two different dance floors. One was more in the back, and that's actually where people were taken. The trans or the trans and the drag queens were taken after they got inspected. Mm. Um, in the bathroom by the female officers, remember, yeah, like, to make sure that they were they were chicks. Yeah, and that yeah. happened literally everywhere. That was a Crazy. very common thing for raids anywhere, like in any state. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Is that there would always be female officers in raids so that they could force a physical check. And they would actually say that dude, that like NYPD that I was just talking about, he literally says that they would like either pat down and feel or ask to like be shown. That's disgusting. Isn't that fucking ridiculous? I would spit in someone's face. Yeah, I would literally just slap the girl. Yeah. Like, fuck you, bitch. They're like, like, show me your genitals. I'm like, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. Mm -mm. I'm like, show me yours, cunt. Like, fuck you. Yeah, uh uh. Fuck that. Um, So, also to get a specific more look at the time, um, the, the Stonewall Riots was a very, like, tipping, like, the boiling point. It was the tipping point, boiling point, whatever you want to say. Um, and a big thing was because, one, this had been going on for multiple decades, and especially the past decade with the civil, starting with Rosa Parks and the civil rights movement, um, and just, like, everything going on. There were a lot of raids, you know, like, raids got more and more frequent. And then specifically in New York City got more... Um, like uh, super duper more frequent because that summer was the summer before re-elections for the mayor in mm. November. So the mayor being, you know, the fucking wasp white straight male that he was, was like, Hey, um, I'm going to crack down on the, how oh, would they, how oh, was the word they used? Oh, the affogados. They're not the affogados. <laughs> <laughs> not the fagatos. The, um, the weird, I think they said weirdness. 
Oh. They would refer to homosexuals uh, as the weirdness in the city. Well, I love being weird. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? So um, so that's what they said is that that summer is when mayor blah, 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 blah. I think Lindsay was in it because my sister's name is Lindsay, so I remembered that. But I forget the mayor. But he was be- trying to be reelected. So he's like, hey, I'm going to crack down on the weirdness or the homosexuals in, um, or yeah. the queerness in uh, New York City. And so that's why the raids got like crazy intense and stuff like that. There are even like reports that like a ton of vigilantism, uh, vigilantism, sorry, it's hard to say, um, became a real problem um, during this time as people like rate, like, I guess not regular people, but just like boring ass people would literally get together and like use walkie talkies, like as vigilantes to coordinate attacks on gay people, on queer people, anybody. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what does it matter who they love yeah, or who people would even <sighs> like go and this happened everywhere but it especially got like like weirdly organized at this time i just it's so i it's just yeah. so appalling to me that people fucking care why that would you much? go out of your fucking life to do like go home and like stop fucking that bitch like, on the go side find and, and focus your on your child clit at your house literally like, yeah fuck you go home find your wife's clit and like do tea time with your daughter or son yeah. and play baseball with them. And like, like go to God. the goddamn baseball, dishes, fucking you fucking asshole. Play like, like soccer or basketball. Like what does it matter? Like what does it fucking matter? Yeah. That's what, like I always, every time anyone brings up anything about like homophobic people, I'm always right. like, what does it fucking I, matter? Like, it like how do you blows even, my mind. Like why do you even, why do you even start caring? Yeah. Like I don't even <laughs> remotely under, I can't relate to it even like by a fraction. Yeah. Why did you even start caring? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, aside from the walkie-talkies and barring, you know, and stuff like that, that was happening everywhere, like, but just specifically they were noting that when the mayor went out against this this summer, there was a lot of vigilantism that, like, sparked because, like, in reaction to his call to action. It makes sense. Just look at Trump's election. Exactly, yeah. And what that brought forward with, like, the far-right people. Totally makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense, yeah. Because you feel validated. Um, They were even, like, people being like, hey, I saw that person go to the gay bar, and they would go to the company and be like, hey... I know that you, you know, I know a guy here who's gay and he works at your company and they would like bar them from jobs or make them quit and shit like that. That's disgusting. Just like, you know, this is disgusting. Like why even. It's like a like, witch hunt for gays. Ugh, like just go to lunch and like have a couple margaritas. Why would you just go tell somebody that? Because okay. that's gay. If margaritas <laughs> and Katy Perry's gay, then who wants oh, sorry, to be straight? Go have a margarita. Okay. <laughs> or I mean, I can't even say it. Go have a like uh, old fashioned. What's the okay. thing that's shaken, not stirred? A martini? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go have I'm a so martini. gay, I can't okay. even say it. <laughs> You're like, go have a cosmopolitan, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, go have a fucking long or a Long a, Island. Go have a fucking Long Island. <laughs> have a goddamn pina colada. Go have a fucking AMF. <laughs> Every word you say it just comes out as gay. <laughs> <laughs> go, have a, go have a fucking strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> go, oh my god, go have a vodka crayon, you asshole. <laughs> oh my god, I don't think. What's I've low ever... calorie, low fat, and low sugar? Right when um <laughs> when when Chris and Tyler and I went to uh, Bohemian Brewery, uh-huh. um Tyler ordered a martini. He was like, "I'm just not really feeling like super." Um, he was like, "I'm not feeling super like alcoholy. I just want something like fruity." And he was like, "This martini was like martini is not. I know. This is, I know. Had one before, but I didn't want to like. I had shot him down like twice earlier during <laughs> like because he was trying to choose something, and I was like, "No, no, 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 no. You don't want that." <laughs> So he's finally like, oh, I want the margarita. Like, I want I want this martini because it has, like, lemon and lime in it. And I'm like, 
Is he a not allowed to is like ninety percent alcohol. It's like ninety percent alcohol, and it's not it's not sweet. Like when I think of martini, yeah. I don't think sweet. No, and I didn't want to tell him. I was like, fine, I've shot him down enough. I'll just shut up and let him order it. And he was like, I'm not having fun. Yeah, he didn't like it. Obviously, <laughs> it was so funny. I don't like martinis, and I don't mind alcohol. But I, I do not like martinis. Martinis are like I'll like martinis in ten years. I'll know that. But like, okay, maybe. But like now, like nah. If I ever become a professor, I'll like like martinis. I yeah, I'll like a martini in ten yeah. years. Until then, I'll enjoy my fruity drinks. Yeah, <laughs> right. Until then, give me fucking. I'm Long shameless Island about it. Give me a Long Island and a Cosmo, and I'll call the day. A last last addendum or last two addendums. Um, so people uh also when they started like harassing the cops and stuff. Oh, we have three. So one is that the penny <laughs> stuff happened later, and I'll get to that a little bit when it comes back into the timeline. So the penny throwing actually happened later. It was actually a specific moment. Um, also, people were grabbing the cops' butts and shit Cute. when they were outside. It was like really, it was really fun. It was like a little specific thing that they were talking, like the people were talking about in the documentary that they would like reach out and grab the cops' butt, and the cop would turn around, but the guy had already jumped back into the crowd. Well, so they and couldn't it, tell like who so did it. So they couldn't really tell who did it. And then also, I didn't make this clear enough. The cops actually barricaded themselves inside of the stone wall in of the stone wall bar. Oh, okay. Um. So they like literally when the when the crowd gathered out and it started to get a little hectic, and then like people started fighting back, especially that lesbian started fighting back. Yeah. Um. Why do you guys? People do were like, uh, people started barricading. Like the cops literally in this moment, probably a little bit before, maybe a little bit after, barricaded themselves inside with a few with actually specifically 13 other people okay um while everybody else was let out um so this is where we get to the moment where we have that lesbian who is being like apprehended and arrested um and she just starts fighting back it was super fun to listen to the the to the queers talk about her in the documentary because they were like she was fucking fighting and she was like fighting off like three or four cops at one time and the harder they fought she fought harder back like it was so fucking cool it's like yes 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 it was so cool yes um so she does the whole thing where she looks at the crowd and she's like why aren't y'all doing something and then everybody just like fucking breaks loose and just like goes crazy so i've got chills yeah exactly multiply so the crowd explodes people start getting violent at this point and with the police they're pushing them out of the way um and like while those who are like with are like being arrested at the same time also start fighting off the cops following her lead basically um one guy from the documentary he was literally there and he was being arrested right after this lesbian was being re-arrested or as and he literally says that he started click kicking his feet around found the side of the paddy wagon that you know the the big truck that you can arrest multiple people at a time with um, he got both of his feet on the side of the paddy wagon, so he pushed against them and ma- pushed him and each uh, each officer. So he's two two officer or an officer on each arm. He pushed back, fell back on the ground with both those officers, and then got up and jumped into the crowd and got away. Yes, yes, uh, it's so fun. Fight it's back. So fun. Um, so along with that, basically the entire crowd is just going crazy, responding to the people fighting against the cops. They're cheering them on. Then they start to fight the cops. The cops get so overwhelmed at this point that they get into their two cop cars in the paddy wagons. There are only three vehicles at this time, three vehicles at this time. Sorry, I said that really fast. Um, and then they just drive away. They literally drive away because they're like, we are overwhelmed. We are going to get fucked over. We need to go away. Okay. Um, meanwhile, there are 13 people and like – five or six other cops inside um that have barricaded themselves in the stone wall okay okay as in response to the crowd that turned into a mob 
or, or like is slowly starting to turn into a rob that has now turned into an entire riot. Okay. So around this time, um, this is where you get back to the penny thing where I will like, you know, uh, sort of do another spin on this penny thing. So basically somebody in the crowd was like, hey, why are the coppers mad? And the big thing that was like, hey, because they weren't paid off by the mob. And so everybody was like, well, let's pay them back. So they were picking up pennies on the ground and pennies out of their pockets and throwing them at the cops. So I didn't get that uh, coppers. I mean, I knew cop, you know, pennies used to be made out of copper and then coppers, copper. Oh. So that, I didn't get that connection. So they were picking up the pennies and they were throwing up the copper coppers at the, the coppers because yeah. they were yelling at them pigs and coppers. Um, mm. paying One, paying them back ironically, and then two, just throwing copper at them. or well, Because they're coppers. It's not yeah. technically copper anymore. It's like mostly zinc now. Yeah. But there is copper in a penny, I still think. There's a little bit. I'm um, sure. So they were like throwing it at them and stuff like that. That's a little fun thing. Yeah. Um, also, during this time when everything, all hell broke loose, Someone started uh, trying to yank a parking meter out of the ground. I believe it, it was a woman or it was either a person in drag, a woman or a transgender woman. I do not know um, in the, in the, what do you call it? Uh, documentary. One of the guys mentioned somebody, but I couldn't tell. They said it too fast. I couldn't really tell what they were saying. Okay. It was a different kind of name. So I didn't really catch it. Okay. And then I tried to check this person and I never really got somebody. Most of the articles would never or any. No, none of the articles would mention somebody specifically. Hey, okay. the caffeine kicked in. I just realized I'm talking crazy fast. It's okay. That's fun. <laughs> Again. So that, that, that person is not really named. And I think um, in one article it even mentioned, Hey, this might've been this person, but we're not sure. And there's not official remarks because again, it was a riot guys. Yeah. It was crazy. Things, it was crazy. There was an- literally anarchy like literal anarchy was going on so uh, counts are a lot are mixed up a lot um so basically they this girl or this like person who wanted to look or identify as a female starts yank trying to yark, yank a parking meter out of the fucking sidewalk yeah, so everyone's like let's fucking help her so they grab the fucking party meter they pick it up and they start to use it as a battering ram to ram it against the stonewall doors to get in to save the gays save the gays save the queers and like basically kill the cops and this gets a little serious one of the guys who was there who was one of the homeless youths because i mentioned this spot was a big spot for the homeless muse Uh um i didn't paint the picture well enough but the stonewall inn even though it was a gay haven it was a big slum it was a garbage it was a toilet they actually specifically say it smelt really bad it was really dank and sweaty we did say that that it smelt bad and it was dank and sweaty um, but it was a place, it, you know, it was just the best place that they could get to because it was out of the way. People wouldn't pay attention to it's it. Not cute. And the yeah. mob could just pay, you know, could just pay police off and while profiting, you know, greatly from the liquor cells and the cigarette cells and stuff, you know. There stuff wasn't like a that. laser pointer show at. Oh, yeah, at, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Stonewall. right. But so basically, um, the one of the guys there or one of the guys in the documentary who was a homeless queer youth or gay youth at that time notes that he and most people around him were so like he especially said he was like i was so mad he's like i'm glad we didn't you know like looking back on it now i'm glad we didn't get through at the time that we were you know trying to you know ram through the door because if we would have i would have killed a cop whoa he was like we were that fucking pissed off and fucking done that fucking life. and they just really paint the picture again like looking back that entire summer like and, and spring like they had cracked down on the raids. The, ra- the That place had just been raided uh, that previous Tuesday, yeah. so five days earlier because it's Friday night. to Technically, technically, you know, Saturday morning, but Friday night. 
So just four days earlier. It's like um, their whole life is leading up to this moment of yeah. being, of feeling like nothing. Yeah, you're a homeless street, income. you're a homeless youth in um in New York. So what else are you gonna do? And you're fe- you're yeah. afraid of being killed uh, because like the vigilante shit's been going on, or at least jumped and beaten shit like that. Like it, it was just ridiculous. You're scared to be you, so like who who is to blame for that? Cops yeah. and everything. I understand that. Yeah, it, it's just like he was literally like, "We would have killed if we would have gotten through." That so they night. were ramming. They they couldn't get through at all. So yeah, they were ramming through and they almost got through, but they really didn't. Um, so they just like went back to rioting, and also things things will happen that I'll get to in just a second. Okay. Um. So meanwhile, inside, they're like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> um. This is. Uh, I don't want to like. Sorry to jump away from queerdom and talk about a straight, you know, white male. Ugh. Um, in this, but I only want to put this in like personally for myself. So a singer songwriter named Dave Van Ronk, he has a really good book. Um, the movie inside Lewin Davis, who stars, um, uh, what's his name? Poe in star Wars. Oh, I can't think of his uh, name because I have so uh, much Oscar. other information. Oscar Isaac. Os- yeah. So there's a movie from <laughs> the Coen so brothers hot. called inside Lewin Davis by uh, Oscar Isaac stars in it. It's written by the Coen brothers. Go fucking watch that fucking movie. Cause it's fucking great. And he's it's based upon the right. It's based upon. And, uh, the title of the movie is the title of his, like one of his biggest albums inside, uh, I think Dave Van Ronk. Um, He's a he's a folk singer that was in Greenwich Village at the time of this folk revival that was happening during the whole civil rights movement and anti, mm. you know, Vietnam War movement. Sorry, this is a t- total sidebar. This is like, but I'm on caffeine and I love this. This is like a, this is like um, a highlight. I've read the book. The book is great. It's talking about him and talking. It's him talking. He also he wrote an autobiographical book. Okay. Um, about um his time. He was a a mentor to Bob Dylan. Oh, shit. Um, shit like that. So he's a very important, influential person in the folk revival and folk move. Like, he knows, you know, Joan, jo- Joan Baez and, uh, you know, uh, Bob Dylan. Okay, You yeah. know, stuff like that. The big ones. The big ones. Anyways, um, he was there that night. <laughs> Casual. But so he wasn't at the bar. He's not gay, but he was in Greenwich Village, and he was just at another cult. He's like, what the fuck? No, he literally said that he was just, like, walking down the street and saw the riot, and this is a quote from him. He goes, as far as I was concerned, anybody who stands against the cops was all right with me. Well, <laughs> and that's why I stayed in. Every time you turned around, the cops were pulling some, outra- some outrage or another. So he literally walks by the riot, sees the riot. He gets caught in by the police when the police run in those, like, th- or, like five or seven police run in with the 13 people mm. and and then you know crowd them into the bar to quickly like get away from the the crowd that's turning into a mob yeah um so he was one of the 13 people that were arrested that night he's like for, so straight dude um, he's like what the literally fuck? and he literally is like what the fuck he's like i like <laughs> pussy can i go but he's like but he's like fuck cops so like i'm staying here and i'm like supporting these people so yeah it's, it's super fun and he's able to see like firsthand the brutality that yeah. Oh no. LGBT and he had, he has been involved, like reading his autobiographical book a little bit. Like he was, he has been involved in riots. He's been in, okay. like anti-Vietnam War riots and shit like that. Good for him. Yeah. So go him. He's an awesome. He's a cool guy. Like y'all should listen to Dave Van Ronk's music if you like folk. We music. turn a song. He's like, "Fuck the gay." No, he isn't. <laughs> he actually does have some criticism because he does a lot of. Um, uh, jazz and blues uh, sort of uh, aesthetic singing like black people do but mm-hmm. that's because where he was brought up that's how he learned to sing mm-hmm. in the south but it's so, still seen as taking something away from their culture uh, especially nowadays but back then and when he was learning it was 
it was accepted because like he literally just grew up in that and his mentors were black yeah it's so, like if you grow up in like new orleans and you grew up on jazz exactly yeah so yeah. he has like some shit for that from like people but i don't know i'm just gonna shrug at that because i don't know yeah <laughs> next <laughs> i i understand that to a point because yeah because like yeah. white people are famous for taking people's culture and trying to put exactly your name on but it. he didn't take it he just that's what he was taught to do yeah it's not like yeah he was older and he's like i like the way this sounds Let exactly me just do that. yeah he was like it oh was no like, i'm gonna sing because way. and like i was taught to perform like this i feel like this is the, that's the gray area but that would definitely be a, a good conversation to have it is definitely yeah so but yeah you can give him shit and i guess you're validated for it but like at the same time eh whatever i think it's a gray area yeah it's a gray area grew up in it definitely gray because we're all people but definitely worth a conversation true so <laughs> we shit it on sidebar and we're good yeah that was a fucking sidebar but i'm keeping that in because i like dave and rock he's a cool he's a cool guy it's a that's a good <laughs> yeah that's a good one um so we did talk shit on cops and we actually are editing a part out that we talked about on cops because we just went off for like literally 10 minutes but i will say this is actually very beautiful and why like you know, in a perfect world, we would respect cops if they were all like this. So mm. the guy that I flipped the finger off in the, uh, the, the documentary, the president of the moral committee, the president of the moral committee, a committee. If you go back to the first one, I have his name. I just forgot his name. It's actually like a really interesting name. It's like very noteworthy, at least. Um, he it is cited by by people who were arrested that night and by him that he specifically did this. He pulled out his gun. Oh. And then showed everybody his gun and then went to each of the cops individually calling them by name and said, hey, Joe, hey, Randy, hey, <laughs> Deborah, do not fire your gun ever until I do and then tell you specifically by name to do so. We oh, will not okay. shoot anybody tonight. He was literally like, we are not shooting anybody. We're not. We are not pulling out our guns. Do not shoot unless I do and then I specifically tell you to do so. Okay. So he was very like... We are maintaining control. We're not we are not going to kill anybody. We're not going to be yeah. like, you know, cops today. Like, we're not going to be assholes. Yeah, we're know? not going to be 2019 cops. Exactly. Where we pull out a gun every time we feel like, scared. Like, you know, anytime somebody fucking sneezes. Yeah. So, yeah, he. it was actually a very, like, very cool moment to, That's, like, listen to that and yeah. listen to what they said. Good kudos to him for that because th- that riot, if that riot happened today... I think it would be way more violent. Ten people would have died. Yeah. At least. At least. Yeah. So good. And it's because I think there were like, there were like five or six cops other than him in there. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be because of him that maybe people were not killed. So. Exactly. Yeah. So back outside, the riot continued. Everyone's like, woo! (laughs) Back to the fun. (laughs) Like, yes! Yeah. So people were. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! So people were throwing garbage cans, garbage, rocks, bricks. The gays attack. It. Yeah, the gays were just throwing shit. Okay, you know that movie like when Mars attacks. Yes, it's when it's gays attack. Such a weird fucking movie. It's like like just gays wearing like lipstick and like purses and like leather jackets. Oh my god, <laughs> I will get back to the purses in just a second. I'm so <gasps> glad you said purses. Okay, I'm so excited. So the riot lasted uh like about 45. No, the riot lasted for a while, but like a whole 45 minutes the into it, they finally okay. uh I guess you could say peaked because they finally broke into the Stonewall. Inn, okay, or yeah, the Stonewall Club Bar, whatever you want to say. Okay. 
Um, so they broke into it and they literally lit the place on fire. I was trying to figure out why they did that because they were trying to protect it anyways. I don't know, but there were literally literal accounts of people running in and then like with like, uh, gasoline, li- like not gasoline, but lighter fluid, just throwing it around and then just lighting the fucking place. They on were fire. excited. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they were just, like, I mean, when you think anarchy, I just think random buildings on fire. Yeah. So I guess that has to happen. <laughs> Someone's like, woohoo. Yeah. Um, and then Finally, at this time, um, the tactical patrol force, the TPT, um, arrived at the, uh, about the same time that they broke into the Stonewall. Um, and they, they arrived to free the trapped cops inside. Um, I was trying to figure out how the people broke in while at the same time the TPT was arriving uh, to – or TPF, sorry, tactical police force um, – was arriving to save them. I couldn't really figure out, and I don't know exactly what happened to the cops barricaded inside. I li- like listened to the documentary, and it, they never really addressed it. Like and the exact timeline. I just couldn't really figure yeah. out the exact timeline, scene by scene, of like how the cops reacted to them breaking in. Did they barricade themselves more in the back or whatever? Yeah. I don't know exactly what happened. I'm sorry. Okay. I looked for that, and then I like had to go to work and do my life. So I'm sorry. Um. So basically, the tactical p- patrol force, they're more important uh, in the part that when they got there, also, they're to say in order to get to the Stonewall uh, bar, what they did is they created a phalanx, um, which is just like, you know, an organized, what you would think of like when the orcs are lining up to kill, you know, attack Minas Tirith. Okay. You know, just like an organized bo- rectangle of lined up troops. Yeah, it's like in uh, the Battle of Bastards. Board yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Just any army when you see like a group, like individual little boxes of all those troops lined up. That's what a phalanx is. It's just like lines and rows that create a basic, you know, rectangle of troops that march forward to basically control or push forward. And like enclose in. Yeah. Just... Bas- not not necessarily enclose in and corral, but more just like push forward okay. in like an organized fashion. Okay. Um. So they they created a phalanx and they blah 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 blah. Oh, sorry. So they created this phalanx and they went down Christopher Street. That's what this, you know, what the fucking main street that we're focusing on, like where the Stonewall Inn is or Stonewall Riot is. Side note, um, is it still called Christopher Street? Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. Um, so basically they marched down it and they were like corralling people. Like they were pushing people forward and then corralling them from the sides into the street and then pushing them forward. And they were literally just doing it to anybody, bystanders, anybody that was was literally in the way they were like just fucking get in and go forward get the fuck out of here like we're pushing you out of the street they're like i guess i'm part of this riot now no literally there's even like some people saying that um there's so literally here's a good um one guy his name's bob kohler he is a gay man um he's an activist as well he was walking walking he became an activist after this he was walking his dog by the stonewall Inn that night and i was like what the fuck this is like literally about 2 a.m by this time yeah okay dude. but i guess it's new york so like walk your dog bitch you know like your dog needs to go pee watch walk your dog um you know his dog was like so annoying he's like barking he's like Fuck. Yeah, he's like, Takes fuck, him out, I'll he, like, go out. walks into a right. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then he sees, like, one of the most influential moments in, like, U.S. history to me. Yeah, he um, like, walks in with his dog. <laughs> so, uh, so he literally said he was walking his dog, and then he says he saw the TPF arrive. And then this is from his quotes. He said, I had been in enough rights to know that the fun was over. The cops were totally humiliated. 
This never, ever happened. They were angrier than I guess they had ever been because everybody else had rioted, but the fairies were not supposed to riot. No group had ever forced the cops to retreat before, so the anger was just enormous. I mean, they wanted to kill. So Whoa. this is a good point to notice that at this moment when the phalanx meets the riot, there is just like complete hatred on both sides. And like even there's parts, uh, I will get into it a little bit later, but literally, um, basically I'll get into specifics that happened during this time, but over the next three to four hours, the what happens is the phalanx will march down Christopher Street. But if you can like for a moment probably picture like city planning and picture New York, you know, you have your avenues that are yeah. go north to south and then you have your uh is it just streets? I forget. Yeah. It's I just streets. It's just is street. it just street? Yeah. I've been like it was like literally Yeah, it's just East it's, it's like East Sixth Street, street yeah, or yeah. something like that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Basically, you have you have that basic grid system, but in between that gets a little fucked up sometime. Christopher Street is one of those. So it's a very small little block relative, I guess you would say. Okay. Um, so basically, it like it's kitty corner to these boxes. It like sort of splices a box into a kitty corner um, or to like a little triangle. So you'll eventually hit hey, an avenue, but then you can just go up or, or you can go north or south around and then just re-enter the Christopher street. Oh, okay. Um, like specifically where the stone wall is that little block where the stone wall is, is in is it, I say in because now it's called the stone wall in. Sorry, but I'll just say that. I'll keep okay. saying that. Um, so basically what would happen is the phalanx would just form in Christopher street, push the rioters out into one of the avenues. I think it was like seventh Avenue. Um, and then they would just like go a North, a block, go, you know, use that block to go, you know, back around and then enter Christopher street from the opposite side. And so the failing, then the cops would have to go all the way back to the end and try and push them out. So literally for the next three hours, it's like the rioters pushing the phalanx of cops back and forth. Like sometimes they were mm -hmm. backing up cause they were scared because they were so violent because the gays were so fucking mad or the queers were so fucking mad. Like this guy says, and then sometimes they would win and they would be able to push the queers out into one of the avenues. But then like within 10 minutes they would just run back around and try and run back to the stone so wall. It, was just, it was like tug of war it was literally tug of war Crazy. yeah yeah it was just it was cool and uh, one of them one of the people in the uh, pbs documentary noted it as like we were a hydra like you would just cut off one head and then 10 minutes later another one would come back damn yeah it was really cool so also during this time again like as i said the cops were just like very violent they had like clubs and like bats out even and they were just beating on people they had their batons beating on people um, and there's like at one, uh, uh, like actually a couple, mo a few times this happened. Um, there were a lot of the drag queens or trans and or transgender people, um, lined up at the front line right up against the phalanx and they made a kick, uh, a kick line just sort of like to, oh to do the can-can, but they wouldn't like do the can-can. They did, uh, they sung, they sung to this tune. I'm trying to sing it. Or they go, we are the village girls. We wear our hairs and curls. We don't wear underwear. We show our pubic hair. Oh! So they would get in a kick line in front of the, the cops and do that and do a kick line, like probably showing off their dicks to them or something. That's whatever. hilarious. Yeah, and just like totally like demasculating these cops as they're like getting pissed off that these quote unquote fairies are like pushing them back and like fighting them off. Oh my God. I love like, it. Like, fuck yeah. It was so awesome. I want to be like a fly on the wall. Watching, I know. Like, oh my God. I've had a time machine. I'd go back and like, be like, I'd join. I'd be like, fuck yeah. Right. <laughs> you can can the shit out of that night. Right. They're like, what are you wearing? I'm like, mm, I don't know. You're like, I, what I, are you it's wearing? the seventies. We sort of gone back around. I'd fit in. Yeah. Yeah. 
You'd fit in. Yeah. I would dress like a whore. <laughs> what are you wearing, Chana? I'm like, fishnets and pasties, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, bitch. All the lesbians would be like, fuck yes, her. I'm like, and the leather jacket. Y'all want to fuck? <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> um, so around 4 a.m., the riot was dispersed, and most of the rioters uh, began grouping around the Christopher Street Park. Um, many talk of the electricity that was in the air um, and that they were, many of them were just dazed and they were like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what the fuck did we just do for the past three and a half hours, basically? Um, one person is quoted saying, there was a certain beauty in the aftermath of the riot. It was obvious, at least to me, that a lot of people really were gay. And, you know, this was our street. Um, by the end, 13 people had been arrested. Those were, those were the 13 people that were inside. One of them was Dave Van Ronk. Well, <laughs> uh, like, some what? in the crowd were hospitalized. And four police officers were injured. Um, almost everything in the Stonewall was broken. Oh, his last name is Pine. So Inspector Pine had intended to close and dismantle the Stonewall uh, in that night. So whatever. Um, Payphones, toilets, mirrors, juice boxes, and cigarette machines were all smashed. And uh, it's hard to tell if that was, you know, all by the riot or all by the police. It is. It's pretty sure that it was definitely both. Yeah, like definitely both were doing the same. Um, and it's a good thing to note that all of that liquor and the cigarette machines and the ju- even the jukebox themselves were owned by the mob. So oh, okay. it might not be like a specific, you know, hate crime yeah. that they did that because I'm sure the cops knew that that was just owned by the mafia. So basically the next night, this is Saturday night to Sunday morning, the okay. same things happen. Um, the riots, again, I would just reiterate, are started by mostly... Uh, drag queens or and or transgender okay. women and also street use. This is again is represented by all colors, white, black, Latino, Asian, whatever you would say. I think it's just mostly my, white, black, and Latino though. Those those three ethnicities. Okay. Um or national ethnicities. Ethnicities. Yeah. I'm not like super learned in that, sorry. Um so but a bunch of people. They start that uh they're they're the ones that start that. So it's not just like you know the white, cisgendered, male, gay, yeah. or just like the straight up lesbian. It's just like mostly those downtrodden and uh, minorities. Okay. That are that 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 start this again and start up the like total riots again. During this, there is a specifically a person named Marsha P. Johnson who was super involved in these riots. Um, I mentioned her um, before, and I will mention her and do. I'm not going to go super into her because I'm going to do an entire faggot fact about her. Oh yeah. Um, she was there and. To, to refer back to purses, she climbed up on a light pole and then dropped her heavy purse onto a police car, effectively shattering the windshield. Yes, yeah, bitch. Like, fuck yeah. She like literally climbed up a fucking light pole. You badass <laughs> And like bitch. dropped her fucking like purse or bag like onto the fucking uh, uh, windshield. Yes. Um, this same riot also continued about 4 a.m. and there were arrests as well. Then Monday and Tuesday night, is this this is actually sort of funny. Um, it was a bit weaker. There were there were a few altercations between uh, police and queer people, um, but there were there wasn't much happening Monday or Tuesday because there was like a huge rainstorm that came through. Oh. So everyone was like not outside as much. Gays are like, mm. <laughs> it was like gays are like we don't want to get fucking wet. They're like, like we're all for rights, like but like it's raining. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, like I want to be viewed as equal but like i don't want to get wet but i don't want to get that wet i want to get like sexually wet but not like yeah physically. like i can get sexually wet in my house yeah with my sexual partners yeah right <laughs> not with the straight police officers <laughs> so um then on wednesday 
the Village Voice, which is a which was a local um, newspaper or like you know place or like you know whatever you want to call it. I don't know what to say. Newsstand. Thank you. Or okay. not a newsstand, but just like an actual like news place office, like oh. it was an office that made a newspaper. Oh, okay. I can't think of the. It's like exact... the New York Times, but like yes, not. thank you. I can't <laughs> think of the the correct word. I should probably be using here to sum that all up. Um, it was actually like literally just down the street from Stonewall Riots, and actually some people in the village voice that were still there that night actually saw the riot happen and went out. And, um, one of the main, one of the dudes in the documentary who was there like in the, at the village voice in the office that night, working super late that night, I guess, Mm. saw it start to happen, went down, went to the rights and then got, was one of the 13 people that got corralled inside. Wow. He's (laughs) like, shit, let's make a story. He's like, this is a break in my career. (laughs) So, um, they, that Wednesday released an article talking about the riots that were going on slash had happened. Um, and they started to use like some really like Wikipedia will like, I'll actually quote, they say unflattering descriptions of the events and as participants. They said they uses, they used forces of faggotry. This is like this. Sorry. I'm saying this literally like fagatos. <laughs> I'm literally quoting this from the Coffee article. It said forces of faggotry, limp wrists and Sunday fag follies. Limp wrists. Yeah. They that use that. Is one of the most like offensive. Like <laughs> as we do it, we're like, yeah. as I'm doing it. But like, I have limp wrists all the time. I fucking love it. That's crazy. Some of my favorite times is like to walk around like a T-Rex sometimes. I've never heard of the term limp wrist before. You haven't? No. What the fuck? I haven't. I guess you're from California. They probably wouldn't use it as much. In Texas growing up, I I heard that all the time. No, I've never heard that that before. I've heard that all the time. I've heard like faggot. I, I it's more just gay like yeah. that's gay shit Faggot, like that queer but like yeah. I'm limp wrist it makes sense because like whenever straight boys make fun of gays they're like hello and then yeah. they do the limp uh-huh. wrist thing so um all that like slander and just like really unflattering descriptions um enraged everybody else again so basically that Wednesday night and uh, like late Wednesday evening um about 500 to 1500 people <laughs> that's, that's a, a big r- jump <laughs> <laughs> holy shit yeah I, that's an extreme that's a jump. thousand per, that's thousand a, people difference I know. that is a that's big what i read so you know what that's what's fucking going that's what i'm saying 500 to 1500 i it, wrote that like and i started laughing 1000 or to 10,000 people were there everybody <laughs> five billion to five people were there yeah exactly let's just say five billion because yay gays yeah you know what Ten thousand gays showed up there that night <laughs> Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Same thing. Um, so they gathered around the village voice and they threatened to burn it down. Uh, five people were arrested that night with a riot lasting only one hour. Um, one witness from that night just stated it all. He just summed it up. He said, the word is out. Or he, sorry, we do not know. They said, the word is out. Christopher Street, Street shall be liberated. The fags have had it with oppression. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't think you could say it better. Sad. I literally have like a 15 line quote that I wanted to read. That's a very famous one that requ- that recalls the first night of the raids. But then I saw this one and I was like, oh, we don't need to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to, it is a it's a quote from Michael Fader about Stonewall. Right. So if you write quote Michael Fader um stonewall riots a pop-up. it is like a really be- it's super beautiful like i teared up reading it but Aww. this one's just so like you know Empowering. i've already talked for like 40 minutes so it doesn't matter but he said the word they said the word is out christopher street shall be liberated the fags have had it with oppression Woo! 
Fuck yeah. That's as empowering as <laughs> shit. I wish you would have said fe- queers, but I mean, I guess anybody would call fag, p- queer person a fag. But also, like, he's taking back that word fags as well. So no, agreed. I like it. But, so like, I feel like. But he's, but he's not representing the whole community. You wouldn't call a lesbian community. a fag. Yeah, yeah. Or at least nowadays you wouldn't call a lesbian but, a fag. Yeah, he's not representing yeah. the whole community, but he is also, because, like, everyone yeah. does know, like, Stonewall riots equals the whole community. True, true, true. But, but yeah, I just, like, I wish, like, queer would be used more often because it's way more encompassing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. instead of just fag, because fag, you just think of gay man. Or or yeah. gay man or, or, or transgendered people. Yeah, yeah. But like, like, women, like, yeah. 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 But, like, for a gay, that's what I just feel like fag leaves out in my mind. They should have just said avocado. A lesbian woman. Yeah. How like avocados. <laughs> the avocados have had enough with oppression. I, that, that, that coffee place that I went to a week ago that I asked about, uh, if it was, uh, vegan, vegan. I also said, Hey, do you have avocados? And then I started laughing because <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that word anymore yeah, without thinking about it. Cause it equals fags. <laughs> That should be our code word for fag. I'm like, oh my god, public place, and I'm like, is he an affogato? I'm like, look at that fucking faggot. You're like, Jesus Christ! Look at that fucking affogato. You say affogato, I say faggot. Everyone's like, I'm like, what? (laughs) Pikachu guess me. So yeah, that's the Stonewall riots. Woo! Um, The the aftermath of it, I will get into next time, and it won't be as in depth. Um, again, sorry, this is super big, but also fuck you. I'm not sorry because it's fucking pride. This is important. This Um, is gay history. But next week, my uh spooky shit will go back to being more long than the faggot fact um and i'll talk about the aftermath of this but there's so much more it's so beautiful and i just love the just the gay rights movement i just love it it's important it's very important to talk about yeah well let's just jump into my spooky scoop so Corey's has been powering and wonderful mine is sad (laughs) my spooky scoop and true crime segment today are both so sad so sad. I'm sad. There's not even one happy moment. <laughs> I don't in, even have more alcohol. In to any of them. Food. There's tequila shots in my kitchen. That's what I got <laughs> it's 1.14. You. you already took a caffeine pill, you bitch. I took We're only on the spooky scoop. We're, we're only we'll finish your spooky scoop. <sighs> okay. And then we'll take a tequila shot. <laughs> so I originally, when we started Pride Month, I first read off a bunch of gay serial killers. Mm-hmm. One of those serial killers was a Utah Bishop guy, and I was like, yo, I'm going to talk about him later. Now, originally, I was going to talk about him in this episode, but there is a true crime event that happened this past week, which I think deserves an entire spooky scoop <sighs> in itself. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. And next week, I'll be finishing up like my Pride spooky scoops. Oh, um, okay. But this week, it's important that we talk about it because this is current news happening right now you can google it like there was an update four hours ago on yes. this case whoa um so four hours ago as of saturday yeah so it yeah there was an update the 20 at like 8 p.m on like the 29th yeah. so um it's, it's kind of quick i'm just gonna read i wrote down a whole thing today because i've been researching the case well i've been keeping up with it for the past two weeks Ooh. i've been really involved Ooh, can i jump in really quick sidebar yeah yeah okay sidebar you um, probably know who i'm talking bt about. dubs this is the 50th anniversary of stonewall riots Woo! so what i just explained to you happened this exact same weekend 50 years ago it actually falls almost on the same dates they're one day we are one day ahead oh so sh- the stonewall riots happened on the 28th friday night or the 27th Friday night to the 28th morning of Saturday when ours was the 28th to 29th for Saturday. So it's just one day ahead, but it was almost the exact same like day. That's cool. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so going back to my very sad. Sorry, my bad. Straight I'll crime. Mine's about straight crime today. Yes. Damn, what That's a bummer. Straight. Never talk about gay crime. Yes. Am I? Am I? Do I hate gays? <laughs> Lol. <laughs> As I'm like, Bleh! I'm like, I'm like bleeding rainbows from my nipples right now. Flashback to like last year when we're like, or two years ago when we were on Molly. Was that one two years? It was. Ago? Ah! Ah! That pain. <laughs> that legitimately made me sad. I literally might cry. We need to. Oh my god, we need to do Molly. <laughs> it was just a year ago that we did Molly. No, it was two years no, ago. No, I did it a year ago. It was two years ago. It was ago. two years ago <gasps> the last time. It- oh, my God. You're, like, mouthing it, yet I just said, it was two years ago since we did Molly. I was, I'm the only one who has done it a year ago. Oh Fuck, we need to do Molly. I'm done. I'm done with reality. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everyone. Okay, so let's talk about my very sad spooky scoop. <laughs> so I wrote this whole shit out. So I'm going to be reading directly from my Google Doc, because I was just writing as I was thinking about it today. So, Mackenzie Lewick was a 23-year-old University of Utah student. No. She's my age. No, I saw this. She went missing on June 17th. This has been all over Utah. If you're involved with any true cr- true crime community um, on or if you just, like, like, Facebook, on Facebook yeah. like, you would be seeing this. So, she disappeared on June 17th. She arrived at the Salt Lake City Airport um, that night. Um, she just flew back from California because her grandma just passed away. She was in in california for the weekend for her grandmother's funeral um and she called a lift the lift picked her up and they dropped her off at a park in salt lake around three o'clock in the morning her lift driver noticed her getting into a car with a man she did not seem distressed nothing was really out of the usual so her lift driver was like okay her lift driver immediately the second after she picked her up picked up another person um, the Lyft driver, side note, is, like, completely cleared of anything. Like, the first time... Truly, yeah, when, he really is. Yeah, like, the when I first saw the story, I actually took a screenshot of it and sent it to Jordan, and I was like, this is why I'm afraid of Lyft, because people were all saying it was a Lyft driver, but the Lyft driver was cleared. Also, side note, Jordan knows this girl. Wait, what the fuck? Uh, he, like, went to school with her and <sighs> stuff and, like, talked to her. And I actually am friends with a lot of people from Urban Outfitters that know her. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, yeah, I, there's a lot of, you know, Utah's a small place. And so, like, you know one person that's slightly outside of the Mormon community and you know kind of everybody. True. Yeah. So it, I definitely would have some mutual friends with Mackenzie. Anyways, her, um, so, yeah, her dri- her Lyft driver dropped off for the park. She saw Mackenzie or he. I don't know if it was he, she, they. I'm not I believe it was sure. a he. Like, I actually believe it was a he. Yeah, and some people said it was a woman. Okay, I then know. I might be totally wrong. There, but then again, like. This is kind of part of the true crime community is everyone just assumes things or just starts talking before we know anything. Anyways, um, communication with Mackenzie stopped as soon as she got into the car. So around three o'clock in the morning. Now, initially, the police weren't treating this as anything more than a girl who ran away to go stay with her boyfriend or go do drugs or go do this or that, which happens. Because she's not Mormon. Because her family's Mormon. But like because like her grandmother's funeral was at like the Church of Jesus Christ, the Dirty Saints. Um, but she later came out that she wasn't super Mormon herself, okay. but still they're treating this as like, Oh, it's a 23 year old girl that just wants to like be off grid for a few days. She wants to go hang out with boys and do drugs and this and that, which is pretty common when like some people go missing the police automatically assume it's not foul play. Um, but after public outcry and the search for her, yeah, got didn't pretty, take like a week. Yeah. Uh, after everyone was pretty much freaking out about it, uh, pushing the police to work harder, they started pulling phone records, etc. And it was revealed that Mackenzie was a sugar baby. 
Um, and she was very, yeah. <laughs> and she was very active on the Seeking Arrangements website, Fuck which yeah. is one of the most common websites for sugar babies and sugar daddies to meet. Get a girl. This, of, oh my God, my computer. Every single time I try to scroll down, it keeps on zooming into 350%. Oh my God, this week on Grinder, I got like three different sugar daddies offering me like 500 to $1,000 well, a week. Well, you might have second get, No, because they're that. like all fake or at least what you're about to say. Yeah. So she, it was revealed that she was a sugar dad. She was a, a sugar baby. Dream. This, of course, sparked people victim and slut shaming her, saying yep. she is the reason it's Easy her shit. fault that she got killed. Um it's completely outrageous. I'm going to go into a rant, an, yeah, an inevitable it. rant about that in a few minutes. Um, so pin that. We're going to move on. So on Thursday, so about two days ago. So sexually and mentally prepare ourselves. Yeah. I, Chana's pissed off. Get everybody. your dildos out. So on Thursday, so two days ago, um, the police investigated a house. And they're looking for a mattress that was given away from that house earlier this week. So it was like Facebook Marketplace. Wow. Someone's giving away a mattress. And they brought in a person. They wouldn't release his name. And they're like, hey, like we're interviewing this person. He's a suspect. But they released them initially because they didn't have something to, to actually really connect him to the crime. It was just like circumstantial more than forensic. Okay. And then suddenly Friday came around. So yesterday... And then they got forensic evidence. <gasps> so uh, Ayula Ajaya, he was 31 years old. He was arrested yesterday and is, and is expected to be charged with aggravated murder, aggravated kidnapping, obstruction of justice, and desecration of a body, according to Salt Lake City Police what Chief Mike Brown. They found Mackenzie's charred remains in his backyard and her belongings in his house. No. Uh, police were able to pin him to her. Uh, by looking at her cell phone records and seeing that she and her murderer were at the park at the same time she disappeared, they found text messages between them, which confirmed their meeting. Along with the forensic evidence and the text messages, there were also pictures of her on his phone. Um, the search for Mackenzie was all over Utah. It was everywhere. It's a devastating, devastating conclusion to her case, but it is comforting that her family does have some answers have and some peace and have some closure. Uh, this case has been all over the true crime community. It has been all over the internet. It has been pretty horrific because at the beginning, everyone really did believe she was just a girl who was like running away for a few days because by the the way the police were handling it, it became pretty apparent pretty fast that there was foul play involved. Damn and, it. Um, but yeah, like her body, it, you can just assume that she was most likely uh, like sexually assaulted and murdered dismembered burned he burned her backyard took him two days in his backyard with a bunch of gasoline to burn her body and her belongings he found her charred tissue things like that um the internet's reaction to this has been really upsetting to me so when did that happen he most likely killed her uh with that night that he was with her and then burned her body because she her phone like shut off so like last friday yeah i think the next day her instagram liked to face like an instagram page so he probably went on it to try to like replicate her behavior yeah um and yeah so it was about a week since she's been killed and she met him on the sugar daddy website i actually originally was going because i did a lot of research on him but i decided he doesn't deserve me to talk fuck about that. him. Yeah, fuck him he doesn't deserve a conversation about him because this is about her he decided to take away her life, and he did. And people online, because she was a sugar baby, are 
shaming her and saying that she is at fault (laughs) for getting killed, which is outrageous because just because she decided to be sugar daddy does not mean that she should have been murdered. Same with prostitutes, same with strippers, same with any form of sex work, same with anything like just because like just because she's a sugar baby doesn't mean she should be more will more likely to get killed than me who works at an office job. Or you should care less. Yeah. Or you should care less. Like, let's say she was like a retirement lady, like a old people nurse. We should be having the same reaction to those two people. Like, it's just completely ridiculous. Like the the Internet, both from like men, women, from everybody, like they're just shaming her. And, and the worst part about it is they're all coming out with all these saying these horrible things about her, like to her family and her family is going through. Like, all these people on the internet are... Just, like, comments on any of these posts? Yeah, about how slutty she is Ugh. and, like, posting pictures of from her, like, sugar baby Instagram. Like, her slutty Oh, pictures. my God, we all have pictures like That's that. That's the whole what thing. The fuck? It's like if we you're all... having any interest or any fun in your life. Like, we all... <laughs> then like And that's, like, the whole thing. It's, like, all these people are acting like they're so much better than her. God damn And I'm like, okay, Karen, you're telling me you don't have nudes on your phone? Yeah. And yet, just, like, you feel like you can post her pictures online because she was murdered to help your claim that she's responsible for her own murder no this guy chose to murder her this piece of shit because you're stuck in like a boring ass marriage with the most boring ass guy ever yeah it just and like her family like (laughs) her family just lost their grandmother they lose their daughter the the next day like they're going through uh, so much and everyone's just disrespecting her left and right and everyone's talking about him it's just like it's so horrific the public reaction to her being a sugar baby because it's making her less of a person. And that's what's so sad to me is she's still just as much as a person as me, as Corey, as you, as your friends. She got murdered by at the hands of some monster and people are blaming her. Do do we know if he like 100% catfished her or did he like use a profile as himself? So it was like himself. He was like an aspiring model. He actually has a book on Amazon called Gruesome Murder. Fun fact. What the? F- he used to be in the military. He used to be the University of Utah student. Like it was really Whoa, him. Oh, so he really was him. Yeah, he got divorced. His, his like his divorce finalized in January. Like I don't know if he was actually rich. Like he could have been catfishing her as a sugar daddy, but she did know it was him. Like who she was speaking to. It's it's so horrific what happened. So yeah, he was arrested. The pictures are really dramatic of his arrest. It was like the whole SWAT team out in his house and stuff. You can actually rent the house on Airbnb. It's like this whole thing. But um, yeah, it's pre- it's pretty. So after eleven days of looking for her, her family and her friends have answers, and uh, which is comforting because doing like true crime and stuff and like my whole life watching Dateline and ID Channel things. It, and then it happened so close. Yeah. It's it just, it's, That's I feel relieved for the family because they have answers because people always talk about the hell that their life is when they never have the answers. Knowing, always living with the what if, what if my daughter is alive? Yeah. What if my son is alive? What if like, and so it is, I have relief for the family for that. I just wish it wasn't such a devastating end and the way that he did it and like burned her remains. They found her quote unquote charred remains that's so graphic to me that's just so like yeah damn and it, it happened less than 30 minutes away could happen to any of us that's could ridiculous. happen to me she's my age yeah it's me it's like yeah. it's crazy anyways that's part one of my sadness the next one's even sadder <laughs> <sighs> but we're gonna get spooked before we get sad 
I've been sad all day. I've been sad since 12 p.m. Jesus Christ. It's been 13 hours of sadness. <laughs> okay, well, let's get spooked for a minute, okay? Or, like, for 30 minutes, okay? 20, no, 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, so, again, I do realize... You're, like, five minutes. My- <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I do... <laughs> Boo. Boo. Okay, Jenna, back to you. I'm, like, so okay. murder. I do realize that my Supernatural segment will be a little bit... It's actually pretty, pretty good, but last time was a little bit short... This one will be medium. I will get back into really intense uh, spooky segments, but like, sorry, I just wanted to be all queered out and prided out because it's fucking pride. And if you don't like it, then just like go fuck off. Then why do you listen to our podcast? You should do another one. Go fuck off at straight pride and whatever fucking city that just allowed it. Ew. Yeah. You know what you, what you should do next week for like a spooky segment? What? You should you should do something that's like equal to the black eyed children that makes me want to kill myself after. Like <laughs> because... super scary. I don't know though because the black eyed children is just so. It was one of the scariest like, ones. The we Men need... in Black is sort of creepy, scary, semi real like that. I'll try and find, but like I mean, the last one, what was it? That house with the whole demon possession. That was sort of cool. Ugh. Maybe I'll try and find something like super. We like, should do oh, fuck. We should do a case file specifically about Black Eyed Children's stories. Ooh, that would be a fun that'd one. be a good one. Yeah. Corey and Chana future. Oh, by the way, you know we're gonna put that case file on our fucking Patreon, guys. Boom. Yeah, you know what that fucking Patreon is. If you go to our <laughs> fucking Instagram, you <laughs> click on our Patreon link, and then you give us motherfucking money. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my hand. We need it. Yeah, Chenna needs that fucking money, okay, guys? <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> I think you can just donate to. I don't know. Venmo though. me. I don't know how it works. <laughs> Someone Venmo's me like $10,000. I'm like, Corey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can I have some of that? <laughs> I'm like, I'm broken. You're like, Someone's bitch. Like, this only goes to Chenna's hand. I'm like, fine. Specifically my hand, though. I'm like, fine, bitch. <laughs> I give it to my hand doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So let's go into my episode. It is Ritual Games Part 3. Woo! I know I've been doing Ritual Games for a while. So, so after fun. this one, I will stop for a bit. But I one, they're a little bit quicker for me to do. And then two, they're, I actually like really get spooked out they're by them. Fun. So they're super fun to like really. They're just fun to me. Yeah. And when we do our case, of our, we do our um, shoot the ship. We episodes, will do some of these. And I will. We're not doing them in my apartment. We are not going to do the mirror one. Fuck the king's that. mirror thing. But all of these, re- like literally half of these games require a mirror i fucking hate but mirrors. just the i don't like the king's one because it's the two mirrors in your peripheral vision Ugh, i don't like that bloody that. mary i'll do i'll just the see demons Ugh, fuck okay i'm so scared. the first one that i have is called ew i'm already scared it's fine it's fine this one's not super scary but the next one is so oh, this God. one is called little devil little devil yeah little De- little nicky so what is it so again i always do like a few different questions to like organize what we're going through yeah. um so what is this game so this is also this or so this is a Russian game where the goal is oh. to contact a demon from hell and oh. ask it a question. Oh. In Russian it is known as uh Chertik, C H E R T I K. So Chertik. So this is the demon Chertik. This is the demon version of Russian roulette essentially. Basically. Okay. Um Chertik. So it's share and then add T I C K. So it's just fucking like do you believe in, in love, love after and love. demons after demons? Demons after demons. Demons and demons. Um, so it's just share. She just looks at you in a, in the mirror and she's like, "Do you believe in life after love, bitch?" Bu- and you're like, "Yes, I do." Yes, because demon. of you. Because of you, share song. specifically. Um, so it's basically it's a Russian uh, thing. It has Russian like origins. So I didn't find the exact origins of this game. I actually I typed in the uh, it's it's actually called Chertik Chertik in uh, like there's another game known as Chertik Chertik or just Chertik which is basically the origin of uh, of another game 
uh, which is called Charlie Charlie. Have you ever played Charlie Charlie? No. Okay. I haven't even heard of it. Did you ever play the game? There is a website. I didn't have that many childhood friends. I think friends. it's called Ask Charlie. <gasps> is it called Ask Charlie? Whoa! That's bringing me back to weird memories. 2008, 2009. Whoa! Yeah, bitch. Or no, 2007, 2006. That is a weird... Yeah, is it Ask Charlie? I... I... Yeah... Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, um the origins I didn't get, but this Russian game, Chertik Chertik or Little Devil, because Chertik means <laughs> Chertik in Russian means little devil. So I checked that on Google Translate. If you type in little devil and then you change and you change it to Russian, you know, it's like Russian to English. Yeah. I did Little devil, and then I typed in Russian, and it asked, "Do you mean?" And then it uses the Russian alphabet, so I had no idea. So I said, "Yeah, did did you mean fuck mama, mama, mama?" Um, it was like okay, and I clicked it, and then the translation was little devil. So that's correct. But if you go to English and type in little devil, it says something totally different when you do English translation. Yeah, translation from English to Russian. So I checked it. It works at least one way. Um, who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Anyways, um, but we're having fun. We do know that at least the origin, this game is possibly the origins of the Charlie Charlie game where you ask something questions, which is probably influential to the askcharlie.com or whatever. Okay. That was big in the mid 2000s. I, 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 that, I haven't thought of that in. I haven't thought, I literally did, I literally did not know that, like, I forgot so much. I did not, not know that existed until I read that Charlie Charlie. And I was like, wait, wasn't there a game? And I just got like super spooked out. Yeah. Cause I was like, fuck. I remember getting legitimately scared watching them ask these questions. Cause it was so correct. Like yeah. I did not like it anyways. Ask Charlie. That um, like, that is such a deep memory and such like a deep crevice of my mind. Yeah. Like uh-huh. it's crazy. Yeah, I was like, Oh fuck. I can literally picture the exact like scenario. Like I, we were in miss pages, like Shout out fucking to you. room. Yeah. Um, like she's listening yeah um okay so um what do you need to play you need a pen or pencil a black or red thread you can use any kind of thread but black or red is the most desired um scissors matches or a lighter and a piece of paper to draw these this specific demon ouija board that you're gonna make chill so it's based sort of a ouija board but it's specific to this game to the demon Charlie, 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 or Charlie from Lost, this little devil. Okay, so before we get into how to play, let's do the instructions of how to make this demon devil board or whatever. So now everybody, pull your art supplies. Yeah, pull your fucking art supplies and let's make a Ouija board, bitch. We should do that for our YouTube channel. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun one. Get like drunk and try to make. I make a Ouija board. I wouldn't play, but I make one. I've made one before. Fun. Yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. Then it's yours forever. Yeah, I love I love Ouija boards. Don't throw it away. It's like Annabelle. Come back. Um, so you uh, draw a circle on the most perfect one you can on, on a piece of paper. So imperfect. That's yeah. okay. We love you. Then you draw a dot in the center of the circle. Around this dot, you need to draw a small illustration of the devil or little devil that you are trying to draw. A penis. A penis. But it needs to be a devil at least. A penis with horns. And you need to pinpoint the, the dot. So this demon devil is drawn around the dot. You need to make it so that when you draw this little devil or demon, the dot is where the heart of the demon should be. A penis heart. A okay. penis heart. So draw it on his dick, basically. Yeah. Um, basically, um, then on the outer edge of the circle, you write the letters of the alphabet. 
Um, you put A at the top where like, you know, 12 should be like a clock. And then you go around clockwise and then end with Z right next to A. Um, then on the inner edges, you draw one, you do zero through uh, nine. And then you align zero with A. So you have A on the outer edge of the circle at the top where 12 should be like a clock. And then okay. you have zero in the mid, you know, in, on the inside of the circle right under A. Okay. Yeah. I'm drawing it in the air. Basically just like a clock. I'm fucking so love. then above the the like little devil's like, you know, drawing above his head, you write yes, and then below his feet you write no. Okay. It's in my it's it's now here. Yes, it's it. in our It's in the air. Tent. Our fort. Um, so then how do you play? So you darken the room as much as possible that you're in, turn off the lights or whatever, and then you place the candle beside the paper and you light the candle. Okay, so you cut a piece of thread that is supposed to be about 20 inches, and then you're supposed to thread that uh, thread through the needle. Okay. So thread the needle to thread, and you're supposed to bring it back around and then tie a knot so that that thread is about the length of 10 inches now because it's 20 inches. You basically folded it in half and tied a knot, so now it's about 10 inches. Okay. And so now you have, if you hold out in front of you, you should have a, a needle dangling that is threaded by a piece of thread that is now dangling at the end of a 10 inch thread. Okay. That is now like a necklace sort of, you could say a fun necklace, basically a fun necklace that you're about to use to summon a demon. Cool. <laughs> so if you are by yourself, you're fucked. You're <laughs> right. Short answer, you're fucked. <laughs> so if you're by yourself, you will just say what I'm about, to, like what I'm about to say in like 30 seconds aloud. Ew. But if you are with people more more than or with two or more people, <gasps> you are supposed to hold their hands in a circle. Hold so my like, creepy hand. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that's creepy. I know. Simone. Jordan won't hold my hand anymore. <laughs> my fucking cast. Yeah. Um, so if you're with a, a group of people, uh, you're supposed to either be in a group of one, two, or four. Anything else is like not desired for that's this whole That's weird. Thing. I don't not know three. Why. Yeah, right. Like, what's happened to three and five, guys? What happened to the classic? Like, have you demon read numbers? anything of the occult? Yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, this, right. There's no credit to this like, story. Like, fuck this. Fuck you, demon yeah, Charlie. Who, who deals with the even numbers when you're using the occult and summoning demons? Yeah, fuck that. Not me. Yeah, those are God's numbers. Fuck that. Yeah, those are Satan's numbers. Yeah, those are. Yeah, no, those aren't Satan numbers. Satan's numbers are odd numbers. Threes and fives yeah. and sevens, yeah. Fuck, 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 and fucking, fuck, fuck. Fuck your God. Jesus numbers. Fuck God. Um, God doesn't exist. <laughs> God doesn't exist. <laughs> God doesn't exist. <laughs> we love you, Davis. We love you, Davis. <laughs> we should buy a haunted artifact on off eBay. No. And do a YouTube video about One, it. One, most of those are made up. And yeah. there's actually a whole radio lab. Yeah. They did a whole radio lab about somebody who like literally makes their living about making up artifacts and selling them on eBay. That's fun. And they make like, I don't, Bullshit. it was like a significant amount of money. They're like haunted toilet paper, $6,000. No, literally. No, no joke. That's fun. Like literally they make shit like that. I'm like, I wish I would do that. You know, those demon boxes. The Dibix? Yeah. Yes. So I watched a video of a guy who got one of those boxes. And it was like, because he he's like a super big skeptic. And it was like hysterical, his, re his reaction. Because it was actually like pretty spooky, like his whole video. I'll have to send it to you. Because he did like the whole like electromagnetic. Oh, that's you moving. The, God damn the whole like electromagnetic thing. And um, like when the box was closed, every single time he'd put it over the box, it would make that like that crazy, crazy like beep, 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 beep like humming noise. And he'd take it away and he wouldn't do it. But then he had to crack open the box by, like, using all these tools. Then he brought the electromagnetic thing right back to the box, and it was silent. And I was like, 
you're fucked and then something dropped behind him and i was like bye i'd be like i would kill myself it's a really fun video i hate dibix they're fucking crazy they're scary. demon boxes they're everybody you should do fuck. a whole segment just on that i will yeah Ooh, maybe i could do that the next one Ooh, that's a good one. one let's do that okay i'll do di no okay i have to like research that like in the middle of the day or yeah. it'll be too fucking You can spooked. research it with me here yeah, during the like, 4th of July party. <laughs> like, Dybbuk boxes spooked me the fuck Oh, they're out. creepy as hell. Yeah. The Haunting of Connecticut Okay. Or it deals with Dybbuk's, and it's actually a pretty spooky PG-13 movie. I don't know why. I don't know why Dybbuk's just... Because they're demon boxes. And, and the word is just so effective. It is. Yeah. Because it's, it's just like... Dybbuk. I'll have to send you the video. It's actually pretty funny. I mean, it's crazy creepy. I will not watch that video until daylight. Deal. Yeah. Anyways, going back to demon. So if it's just by yourself, what you do is you say aloud, um, forces of darkness, I ask for your help. And Ew. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I will never say that again. Um, so if you say that, um, you just say it yourself um, while you are holding this thread out over the uh, pinpoint or quote unquote the heart of the demon on the picture that you drew. Um, basically, uh, if, if not, what you do is you hold everybody's hands in a circle who's ever here and then you say that out loud. No. Okay. Um, some say you hold it out. You say it three times and some say you just say it. Well, there's the once. three number there's that we were waiting three. for. Yeah. Um, or you just say it once, but who, who knows? Um, basically you do it one or three times. Who knows? If you are with people, you actually don't hold the pen or the needle. You just grab people's hands and you all say it in a circle. Okay. And then when you are done saying it, you pick up the needle and then you do stuff with it. So what you do next is you hold the, you grab the needle. You just leave the thread dangling. Okay. And you hold it over the lit candle and you're supposed to heat it as much as you can handle. Um, okay. Until it gets too hot for you to hold. And then you let it, then you let it dangle holding the top of your, you know, thread. 10 inch thread now, okay. your hoop thread. Um, and then you let it dangle over the heart of the uh, demon. Ew. And then you start to ask it questions like you would do Ouija board. Um, and it demon is supposed daddy. to move or dangle back and forth to Ugh. the letter A or numbers or whatever as you ask it questions. Um, that's basically what it's supposed to ask. So how you ask questions, though, is you say chertik chertik and then you uh, chertik, say chertik. come. Oh, um, and then you say uh, one person or you, if you were just the one person, you say, Chertik, Chertik, are you there? And then um, w it, should, it should dangle to yes. Um, and then after that, you can ask those questions, any questions you want. But you always have to say, Chertik, Chertik, and then you ask the question. That scares the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. So if the answers cease to happen at any time or that they become nonsensical. So okay. basically it starts to not Get dangle crazy. or if it dangles to like random ass shit. So like Zozo shit that we're talking yeah. about from episode three, go you back mean to that or whatever. Noob. Noob. Um, basically if that starts to happen, what you need to do is immediately you. There's a Ouija board blanket right behind I you. I know. I'm so scared. <laughs> Don't tell me about the closet. <laughs> the ah! Ouija board is behind me in the closet with my back in the closet. <laughs> and Corey's that gay. Semi see for my peripheral vision. <laughs> it's fine. Simone's fine. not reacting, so we're okay. It's okay. I have my gay shirt here in the closet too, yeah. so gay power is defeating. The is defeating the devil. I'll tell you, if Simone ever acts afraid while we're doing a podcast, we're I am, fucked. I am knocking shit over and running away. <laughs> You're gay running away. <laughs> gay running the fuck away. You're like, ah! Yeah. I will R2-D2 scream and then run the gay fuck away. <laughs> Tyler right now is R2-D2 screaming. Um, so basically, if that happens, what you need to do or any of that shit happens, you need to, one, use the scissors to 
cut the uh, thread. Oh, okay. Uh, so you cut the thread, unthread the needle. You need to burn the needle and burn your Ouija board paper that you made. You burn that, and then you need to bury the ashes and the needle in your backyard. That's very specific. Yep. Kind of like a throw thing. That's very symbolic of like your this, the silver line between you and you astral project because like you have the thread coming from like your heart in a sense. And when and a demon fair. snaps that, cuts it, and like severs it somehow, you're no longer connected to your body. I like it. It connects. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's what you do if there's any problems. And that's the Chertic Chertic game. That's the uh, ritual game. I don't have any stories with it because the next one I'll get into a story. Okay. And this recording's already two and a half hours. <laughs> Whoa. It's okay. It's okay. So my second, my last game um, is called Queen of Spades. Ooh. This is really, this is a really interesting one. Okay. So it's essentially a Russian version of Bloody Mary. But the game's goal is to summon the Queen of Spades, at like who is a mystical spirit who grants you wishes. Uh, the other version of this is called Damapika. Damapika. This is also Russian. Okay. Oh, so um, before we go any further, I, I wrote "lol." Do not search Queen of Spades on Reddit. <laughs> Why? I didn't know, but apparently I got into a quasi-racial focused thing where. Queen of Spades on Reddit is is if you are eighteen, stop listening. If you are under eighteen, stop listening. Turns off now. What do is not this? ever search Queen of Spades. Um, it's basically a Reddit where like it is white chicks who get a queen uh, who get a black you know a spade tattooed on them who like who like their fetish is getting fucked by black guys. Oh, that is the most specific thing. Isn't that crazy? I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah. I, I was like, I, I mean, I like scrolled down for a while. And you see girls getting reamed. And then just realized it was only white girls with only black men. That's so funny. Yeah, it was really so interesting. So if you go on Pornhub and type in Queen of Spades. Yeah, or maybe just it's a Reddit thing. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I was like, hmm, <sighs> Man, sex is so wild. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, and they like get a tattoo of a black spade. To prove you know, they're like queen spade. of spades. Yeah, so the queen of spades is and then they're queen of like black men. So they're like queen for queen like of that getting dick. fucked by black men. Yeah, that black dick interesting yeah go you queen of spades yeah you take very that interesting. Dick. but if you were not 18 it's not interesting go read a fucking book i had no <laughs> idea that that existed i there's so many sex same, things we don't know same. Existed. no idea no idea <laughs> <laughs> okay so is there king of spades then maybe like, like I don't know. white Ooh, dudes like getting fun. fucked by black guys yeah that'd be hmm. fun um so the origin uh, again the only thing that i could find is that again it is russian and that there is a creepypasta that was published in 2015 oh, that, that talked about this Queen of Spades. I guess this uh, one was five game. years ago, so never mind. Not yeah, recent. or Dama, I think it was named Dama Pika originally from Queen of Spades. Um, so uh, also, I went even looked a little bit deeper. There is a famous short story written by the Russian author Alexander Pushkin. Um, I read the first 10 pages. It's like 60 pages long. Okay. But I read the first 10 pages and I read the synopsis on Wiki. And this story could actually really be the origin. So what happens in the story is this, this like aristocratic dude or just this dude who um, is infatuated with gambling and visits, uh, like goes to gambling spots very often and watches them, but never participates. Okay. So however, he hears this story about this woman who um, uh, used a particular sequencing of her cards and then would like always win. So then he like got super infatuated with actually gambling to figure this out and find this person. Okay. So he figures out that it's from this old woman who's like 83 at the time 
Um, this was written in the eighteen in the eighteen hundreds, so it was like that's pretty damn old, especially yeah, for that, that time. Yeah, that bitch is living a long time. Yeah, so go fucking her. Um, so he basically uh, like demands her to tell to tell him what it is and points a gun at her face. Jesus, that yeah, is a right? a very dramatic <laughs> reaction to this gambling. This is Russian literature. It's fine. Russian roulette, <laughs> real life, right? Real life. Um, so he points it at her and she dies of fright. Um, (laughs) so he goes to everyone. He's like, Oh my God, the gun wasn't even loaded. I was just trying to get this information from her. So he's like not acquitted or whatever for the crime or whatever. He, no acquitted is getting dismissed for the crime. Pause. Yeah. Okay. CK. Yeah. Okay. Unedit. (laughs) Go. (laughs) Right. Um, so he basically is like totally acquitted for the crime because they're like, it's okay. Boys will be boys. You can point gun at women if they don't give you what you want. It's fine. Um, we're joking. <laughs> yeah, we're joking. <laughs> I like, I'm laughing right now. Uh, um, boys will be boys. And basically what happens is he goes to the funeral and goes to the showing. Okay. Um, of her of her thing of her death yeah of her her death okay and is like hey or like goes like because i think he her the love interest is also like a relative of this old woman i think or something like that because you know it's a story so everything has to be intertwined yeah um and she and he goes and he her the eyes open as he looks at her in the wake and her eyes open and he grabs her and then says one seven or or i think it's like uh a three seven ace three seven ace four and so that's what it was it's like when you pull out a three or you pull out a seven and then you pull out an ace that is like the sequence of of like of the omen and he she basically or like the ghost version or like the demon version of her at the at the wake tells him hey you need a bet on the three and the seven and the ace so however he's betting i don't know exactly how it worked for this particular you know gambling that was going on but the next couple nights that he gambles he gambles on a three and then wins and then the next night he gambles on the seven and then he wins and the next night he gambles on the ace but what happens is he thought it was an ace when in fact the card flips over and it's a it's the queen of spades and so he loses all of his money and then goes insane of repeating three seven eight it's like lost three seven uh queen of spades and that's the story so you don't yeah yeah like that yeah so that's that's the whole story cool so that that's like sort of the origins of probably the you know the whole dama pika and stuff because it has to deal with a woman telling you answers to your question uh based off of around the queen of spades Okay, so what do you need to play? You will need the Queen of Spades playing card, of course, a dark room with a mirror, and a candle and a red lipstick. Also, I will say here the Damapika is played a little bit differently. You have candles and then a bowl of uh, maple sh- sugar syrup or whatever you want to you wanna do. Yum. I don't know exactly. And then you need two Queen of Spades for the Damapika, and then you light each corner or each opposite corner of the Queen of Spades on fire, and then you're supposed to lift your hands l- exactly like the... Oh God! Hear the words in my <gasps> mouth, and you're supposed to say "Donna Pika" stuff like that. Donna yeah, Pika, Donna like Pika, fucking crazy, scary. Like, no. Yeah, fucking, fucking, uh, cult shit. You are calling upon something yeah. when you do that shit. Yeah, like do not raise your hands in unison with multiple people and then say anything. Let's see, what should we say? Don't do it. <laughs> Stop, Simone. I'm chicken scared. <laughs> Simone, hold me. Chicken. Oh, we can go chi- chicken nuggets. Chick- I will do that. Chicken nuggets. Chicken, chicken nugget. vegan nuggets. Chicken vegan nuggets. 
Toulouse, Toulouse, Toulouse. Toulouse, Toulouse. Oh, I will do that. Toulouse. Some demon's like, yes. Toulouse, Toulouse. Toulouse. <laughs> Toulouse, Chana's cat. Someone, some demon is masturbating over my pain and sorrow. Some demon who named himself Toulouse just to be a little cunt. <laughs> some noob, motherfucker. <laughs> um, okay, so how do you play? Oh, great. Oh, did I mention you also need a candle and then red li- red lipstick? Ooh. Ooh or the red the lipstick demon. What's the lipstick from demon? From Insidious. Oh. The what? one that appears behind Patrick Wilson. Ugh. The scariest image ever. No. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so go into your room with a mirror and place the Queen of Spades uh up to the mirror so that the face of the card is facing the mirror. So you just see the back. So, like, the Queen of Spades okay. is up against the mirror dimension. Ew. Um, next, you light a candle and place it between you and the mirror and then turn off the lights. No. So. No. A yeah. candle in the mirror. I know. You have a candle in the mirror and you have the Queen of Spades facing the mirror and the lights are off. So, you're already fucked. No. You're so fucked. Um, so, you take your lipstick and then draw stairs leading down to a door. It's a very basic drawing. You just do the, like. I love how we get, like, the same exact, uh, like, you know tone <laughs> yeah you're like audio visualization yeah <laughs> <laughs> or the audio translation of that um so it's like ear, ear, ear. Yeah. and then you just draw a door with a doorknob that's it you're okay? fucked yeah. on the mirror <laughs> yeah the- on the mirror in lipstick we're red doing lipstick. this ritual game and then this is creepy Ew. so um in some iterations you are also supposed to write queen of spades no. or you're just supposed to write queen of spades in lipstick and not do the drawing but in i like Russian the drawing or in your own you can language. do it in your own language. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, so. You're like Latin. I'm like, y'all fuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> do not do this in Latin, please. Whatever you do, don't. You will be fucked in the ass it. by multiple demons. Yeah, multiple. <laughs> um, so you take a minute to focus on the task at hand, as it will take a lot of your psychic and mental focus to okay. summon the Queen of Spades. Okay. So you close your eyes, and then you say out loud three times, Queen of Spades, come. 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 Oh, she's like, yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, baby. Yeah, spread she's like, it. She's like, tell me exactly two more times. Yeah. <laughs> One more time. Yeah. She's like, keep the lights off. Put, oh, put the lipstick on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're so going to get haunted from this bitch. We are later. so fucked. You're so fucked. <laughs> At this point in time, you were to sit there and then count in your head to 13 <laughs> while also focusing on the Queen of Spades walking through the card. Opening the door and then walking up the stairs. Blech! So basically, you have this—you have the Queen of Spades yeah. up against your mirror mirror dimension. Kay. You're supposed to picture her basically transporting out of that card through the door and then walking up the stairs to come to you in the mirror. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck that shit. Fuck that, Fuck that shit. shit in the motherfucking asshole. Also, it is very interesting to note that. Thir- okay, this is pr- this is probably just a coincidence, but. It says you're supposed to count in your head to 13. Seven plus three plus, uh, or sorry, uh, ooh, never mind. I thought it, it, it wasn't 13, a coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. I was just being a supernatural bit. <laughs> but it's not a coincidence. <laughs> so fuck that shit. I'm I'm bored now. Things aren't as cool anymore. Yeah, things are cool. You're like this bitch comes out, she haunts people. The end. Well, because I thought the seven plus uh the seven plus ace plus three equaled thirteen, but okay. it just equals eleven. And that was from the short story that this is all based on. Uh, so I was like, ah. But it's not equals eleven. You goddamn short story bitches. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking fine. Except for oh my god, 
Oh my god, I'm getting... It makes sense! Ah! It makes sense! Oh, I'm sorry. Chertik has a la- is a last name in Russian, and the numerology... The numerology... I know, this y'all, I did some so... fucking research on you're this like, stupid shit. You're like, I will make this work! <laughs> Yo, I don't care about any of this shit, but I did some random-ass research for a while, so I'm gonna say it, okay? Say it! The say numerology it. linked to this surname of Chertik is 11. What oh, the fuck? Oh, shit, Corey. It fucking <laughs> works. Oh, fuck, oh my it's God. real. I spooked myself after unspooking myself. We just, that's like a spookception. Damn. You just like, oh, shit, man, it Damn. works. <laughs> it fucking works. Ghosts are real. Prove us oh wrong. God. So at this point, when you're trying to visualize her walking up these steps, you can uh, people record hearing laughter, laughter, and even <laughs> footsteps, and also wind that originates from the mirror. I'd be like, I'd, I'd shatter my I mirror. Would, immediately. I would shatter the mirror, shatter my skull. I'd be done. Yeah, be wind done. coming from my mirror. Fuck that. Fuck What's that. next? The wind would be like, you're a bitch. Yeah, right. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> <laughs> um. If everything went right, the Queen of Spades will be there. She can look like anything, but will have at least black hair and then a spade visible some on her in some way. So on her clothing, she's one of those tattoo, Reddit bitches. <laughs> um, whatever it may be, in her eye, some people say like her iris will be in the shape of a spade. That's cool. That's fucking cool. That's like I want to get some fun. <laughs> I want that fucking it. demon. That's a cool demon. She's like, really? You want me? She's no, like, I okay. Don't, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so other sites also had a rhyme that goes with her appearance. They say that she will be dressed in black with eyes to match. And although her smile can melt the warmest of hearts, her face will be mangled and covered with scars. Hearts and scars doesn't super match, but we'll go with it. Heart, scar. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Cynthia. <laughs> Jesus died for Cynthia's. <laughs> oh, <you> God. <laughs> Words with meanings. <laughs> <laughs> saying things <laughs> I forget what it is it's, uh, we, need to, we haven't watched that movie in like we forever <gasps> 22 Jump Street y'all watch that. Ooh, we should get like super drunk and watch it we should it. like find Molly <laughs> or like stoned and watch it just like a good yeah, solid crossfaded yeah good solid crossfaded and watch it and just like laugh our ass Jesus, remember Boston? when we like yeah. didn't even get intoxicated and then went to Deadpool 2 and just laughed obscenely was, for an hour and like, a half it was the most obnoxious that, laughing <laughs> I've ever done in a theater I was embarrassed how I, loud we laughed I think that is the most obnoxious laughter <laughs> I've ever done in public because <laughs> <laughs> it was like the scream gut laughter so we're like <laughs> it was like it was like uncomfortable like everyone else was laughing but like i'm sure somebody was like what the fuck are those guys on and we were 100 percent sober it was so fun like if we would have been high i would have died right See, i would have literally died my mom went and saw the movie she like went and saw like a matinee like oh, by it's herself such a millennial movie yeah. but no she laughed the same as oh we she did, did? Yeah. Fuck yeah like the hardest in the theater and she called me she's like channa she's like i just embarrassed myself in the theater she's like but i don't give a damn <laughs> that so was me it, watching ladybird oh yeah remember i told you it was like very funny and then like halfway through something happened and then i just laughed every 30 seconds oh, yeah. but there was like four other people in the theater <laughs> and they were like chuckling maybe <laughs> but i was like ah 
<laughs> I love it. It's it so was fun. so good. Um, anyways, god damn it. That's like during Independence Day when you and I were just like <laughs> cracking the fuck up. No one else was laughing. Like, dear God. He, he like looks at himself <laughs> in the reflection of his locker mirror. How can you not Before laugh? he does that stupid speech. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god. That was one of the funniest non-comedies I've seen in that is my the lifetime. Funniest non- yeah, that is so good. Oh my god, where are we? <laughs> so the demon looks at you. She has scars. We just went through the poem. Yes, I just read that rhyme. Okay, so if this happens, if she looks how she should look, um, you may state your wish to which she will nod and then disappear, and your wish should eventually be granted. And congratulations. Now, does your wish have to be like a genie wish, a very specific? Yes. If you're like, I want a prince. Yes, there was only one, uh, and there was like one part. There was one uh, article that was like, "Hey, like this could be a monkey's paw situation." Okay. So you need to be specific. Like, okay. Yeah. It's, it's a total Aladdin genie situation. Like, yeah, you got yeah, it. yeah. You can't fuck it up. You, there can't be like a different, you know, interpretation because yeah. it will try to fuck you and up. And they're gonna take like the literal interpretations. So yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So if you feel things that are not right with the black, so if the black lady shows up and she looks like the black lady, but things do not feel right to you, you need to say out loud three times, "Cream of Spades, go away." Which will banish her back into the card, the okay? Ether. Or trap her in her mirror and keep her in the mirror. The genie bottle. This is a whole genie thing. Oh yeah, totally. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of these games that are basically like this. We've been over some of them. Yeah. Like the Three Kings is sort of like this. Ew. Too. Yeah, fuck but you don't ask for kings. wishes. I will not. I do want it. like a cool ass, like trippy as fuck, like artistic vert, like short of Three Kings. That'd be so fucking crazy. Ugh. That'd be so crazy. I would have a panic attack in half. Yeah. It. Um, if something else appears, so if you something notice, else? if if a if a male appears, or if somebody, if a woman appears that isn't black, uh, doesn't have black hair, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you need to, you like this, like this is not you're fucked. You're fucked. This is not the Queen of Spades. So you need to, like, the Queen of Spades can appear in many different versions, but they need to at least be female and, like, have black hair. If a blonde bitch rolls up, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah, uh-huh. Like, if the, wick- if the Good Witch of the East shows up, it's not fucking the Good Witch of the East. Yeah. You f- it's a fucking demon. She is Valak. Yeah, it's fucking Valak trying to fuck you up because you're a dumbass bitch playing this game. Um, so, if something else appears, immediately yell out loud the same thing. So, yell out loud, Queen of Spades, go away. And that is your first line of defense, but that most likely, they Won't say, work. will not work. Well. So you need to break your fucking mirror. <laughs> That's literally the only thing that, that happens. So if something else appears, Ew. you need to break your mirror. Ew. And if you say Queen of Spades go away when the Queen of Spades person appears and they don't go away, then you also need to break your fucking so, mirror. So just word of because caution. Because now that is a threshold or you know a portal to the mirror dimension or whatever ew don't so, use your favorite mirror fuck that use an ikea mirror just yeah. do some shitty ass mirror you can replace mm-hmm. mirror dimension yeah mirror dimension spirit dimension demon dimension whatever you want to fucking say. i have a weird story about the mirror dimension but i'm gonna save it wait you have to tell it now no i'm gonna save it Why? the anticipation i'm so spooked though this will be fun <laughs> I'm just gonna save it. Why? It's it's going to be a bonus. I'm episode. like feeling myself up. I'm so much anticipation. Okay, I'll say it, but it's kind of now lame. So now it's kind of past the. Oh, because we built it up. I built it up too much. Oh. So it's just a very weird, intense childhood memory that I have. Ooh. That like I have been shooketh about it since this happened when I was in fifth grade. So since 2005. So, fif- so over 15 years, I have always 
thought a part a part of me believes that <sighs> I and I and might be in the mirror dimension or I or real Channa or my real mom or someone's in the mirror dimension. Okay, so I was in the fifth grade, and oh my God. and I didn't even like this is pre spooky Channa. Like yeah, I might have been seeing some like ghosts at that point, but like I don't have any like specific memories of that. Yeah, and like mirrors never freaked me out or anything. But I had this like really weird dream. So like my mom and I, we always went shopping together. We always went to Macy's, and I had this like really, really, really intense, like vivid, like lucid dream. It's probably actually my first memory of having like a a somewhat like lucid dream. Although I guess it wasn't necessarily a lucid dream because I couldn't separate the dream from reality. So it's the first time I had a dream where I did not understand if it was real or a dream, and I was in a a um. A dressing room with my mom at Macy's oh my God. and we're looking at the mirror and like I swear to God this really happened like I like to this day I'm not 100% convinced that this didn't happen don't tell me that uh, movement did not match movement so no it's not about movement okay. but I was like looking in the mirror my mom was like changing and stuff and I remember like touching the mirror and I was able to like put my I felt like I was able to like put my almost like spirit like through the mirror and I was like, and I was like a little kid. I was like, this is like really weird. And I was like looking at my mom, but like her reflection, like wouldn't meet mine. Like Fuck wouldn't look Macy's. at me. And like my reflection wasn't really like adding up. And I was like getting really confused. And I like started panicking and I like, I like fell through like the mirror. And I was like on the other side of the mirror, like looking in at myself with my mom in the dressing room. <laughs> and I was like hitting against the mirror and like, I couldn't get my Damn. mom's attention and I could only see myself hitting against the reflection. And then, like, some other events happened. I don't really remember anymore because it's been so long. Um, but then I remember I was, like, inside this mirror, and I, I turned around. It actually must have happened right after because I turned around, and it was, like, a hallway of mirrors. So I saw, like, a thousand of me. Uh, I saw you need to watch a, us, Channa. And I saw a thousand of my mom, and I was running down the hall trying to figure out because I got disoriented which mirror was the mirror with the that real me and through. the real mom and yeah. I couldn't find and I was panicking and I was freaking out so I just had to pick a random mirror so I jumped through a mirror and I looked at my mom and she started speaking to me and talking about memories that I didn't recognize and then uh I woke up and so I got, am I in this am I part of this alternate reality possibly so I woke up and I got super scared and I like ran to my mom's room and she wasn't <laughs> Jenna, there can you go can you go back there and then go to the reality where I'm like rich as fuck <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> like, George married to Ryan Gosling in that reality you're George <laughs> god damn it I'll, I'll take it as but, long as I'm rich as fuck and married to like Ryan Gosling or Bradley Cooper or Jake Gyllenhaal but yeah so I'll I take I ran to my mom's room and she wasn't there just her boyfriend was there at the time Jeremiah and I was like where's my mom where's my mom and I I was like freaking out he's like your mom's not here and i was what like when's fuck? she gonna be here and he's like she hasn't been here all night like she won't be here till tomorrow afternoon and i was like i need to see my mom i need to see her like i'm really scared and he was like speaking to me and saying things that like i couldn't even really understand what he was saying probably because i was a kid and he was adult and he was like doing adult talking at me like kind of condescending asshole oh, talk yeah, yeah, yeah. but i couldn't understand it and he was like you just need to go back to bed like chill out it's like you know three in the morning like go back to bed type of deal and so I like went back to bed and I like woke up the next day and I was just like really anxious and I couldn't shake what happened because I felt like I was trying, I wanted to tell my mom that I wasn't, that she wasn't my mom. I didn't know if she was my mom. I didn't know if Jesus. I was her Channa that she knew. Like I was so convinced and so confused that I didn't recognize whether or not any of this was real. 
And so I like found my mom. I don't even know if she really remembers this. She might. It'd be interesting to hear her perspective because I was trying to like articulate to her what I'm saying now, but I was young, so I couldn't really say it. And like everything I was saying really did just pass off as like a bad dream. She was like, it's a bad dream. It's a bad dream. And I was like, no, like this feels wrong. Like this doesn't feel right. Like there's everything that's wrong. And she was just like, no, like you're fine. Like everything's great. And I was like, no, like there's something fucking wrong. And uh, yeah, from that day on, I I think about that dream actually probably once a week. Yeah, it's haunted me for 15 years because like I know it's not really real, but it was so traumatizing to me when I was a kid thinking that I lost my real mom and I lost my the real Channa and I was living a different. You Channa, you should watch us. Yeah, I want to be there now when you watch us. Well, I just lose it. Yeah, <laughs> you actually will probably lose it. Ah, okay. We'll watch like for last, the, the we'll beginning watch and the end. You will be like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "This is what I'm talking this about." This is seventy percent my dream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's my scary personal Ooh, mirror dimension. I really want to be there when you watch. Well, let we'll watch it then. Maybe this I weekend. I really want to be there when you watch that. Movie <laughs> <now>. <laughs> You're just staring at me as I'm watching. I'm like, <laughs> I will probably like it will be more interesting to watch you than watch the. I'm gonna movie. take a Xanax beforehand. <laughs> you just probably to- legitimately might need to. <laughs> Holy shit, that's crazy. But yeah, that's my. I'm not actually. You know, you're the first person I've ever told this to. You need Ever. to watch that movie, Jenna, and you need to tell like Jordan and Tyler that story, and then we need to watch it. This is their incentive to listen. Like to the I'm podcast. sure when Tyler reads it or w- listens to this, like on Monday, yeah. he'll be he will like Tyler call us, or text us, like, <laughs> call me shit. as soon as you hear this. Like holy fucking shit, he'll be like, what the fuck? You need to watch us, even oh, though we don't creepy. like them, we don't care that much for the movie. Yeah, he dislikes it. I don't. I'm. I'm like whatever. Yeah, yeah. You need to watch that movie. Okay. Yeah, Damn. we'll we'll watch it this weekend. But yeah, yeah, that's my creepy two cents about the mirror Ooh, thing. I guess fun. that was a good story. So it never was. Mind yeah, I was I like, why it. is this? Why did you down talk? Le- I leave that in the real podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. This so now I'm just gonna close with a story about the Queen of Spades. Okay. Um. Basically, I'm or I'm gonna start uh, by off by reading the story. It came from Reddit. Um. Again, this is not my story, but it's on Reddit, so I can say it. Is this a porno? It's fucking internet. No, it's not a porno. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I just start playing up one of those videos. She's like, ah. It's yeah. literally just like girls getting plowed by big black dicks. Yes, <laughs> queen, queen. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this is not, my story is not about girls getting plowed by big black dick. Sadly. <laughs> sorry. What a shame. Uh, if you want that, just go to you know, Reddit. Immediately start searching on your phone shit. If you are 17 or above. Um, 18 or above. <laughs> 18 or above. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you're like, if you're 12 and above, we're like, oh no. I'm like 12 is close enough to seven to 17, which is a year away from 18. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? It's five years old. Please don't. No. Oh my God. Someone right now, the FBI just like clicked in to start listening to us. Yeah. We're always at a steady beep. Yeah. (laughs) Our poor FBI guy. He is like such a. Our FBI guy has to teach other FBI guys is just like. This Don't worry, they they're always at a steady beep. They're, this is they're always at a seven. <laughs> this is their norm. <laughs> this is their norm, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're operating on a dangerous level, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're constantly teetering on the edge of highly inappropriate and somewhat inappropriate. <laughs> so basically, this comes from a dude who was playing, or he was with some friends at a house in okay. Russia. I believe this was in Russia. Mother Russia. Um, and he was playing at the house because like some of the stuff was written in Russia and the headline of the story is actually written in Russian with the Russian alphabet or oh, whatever cool. you call that alphabet. Sure. Exactly. I'm not sure. I believe it is the Russian alphabet. 
So what happens is his friends, he has four other friends, they go upstairs and they start to play it. He gets scared, so he literally doesn't go and watch it. Mm. Um, what happens is he starts to feel like weird things are happening in the house, and then he hears his friends yell, so he immediately runs out of the house. Um, oh, God. What happens is his four friends start running down the stairs. As they're running down the stairs, he says that he hears the dog barking. They claim that the dog was barking and then ran up the stairs, and that some like the last two people looked around. The, the the dog stops at the top of the stairs and immediately starts whimpering and then barking at nothing. Immediately, fuck no. Like, fuck that. If my dog oh my ever God. goes crazy, like, if we bought a house for a billion dollars and then it starts barking at the threshold, no. I'm like, babe, we made a fucking mistake. <laughs> yeah, like we should have brought the dog to the open house. Yeah, we should have brought the dog to the fucking open house. Um, so uh, that happens, and... Uh, so this is what he says. He says, as they all went out of the house, excluding the dog, we could hear the dog barking, barking still. Yeah. We tried looking at the window, which was upstairs and the window curtains moved. Two green hands with black stripes appeared. And Ew. in the right hand of the thing was a bloody knife pointing at us outside of the window. My friend just locked the house and he stayed at my house. I'm reading this verbatim. It's a little messed up. I believe this guy literally is more Russian, so his English is a little bit broken. Okay. Um, the next day, we went to my friend's house again without telling anything to our parents about what had happened. We went in, just us two. We saw the dog with giant scars across its face and its belly was right open with something white coming out of the dog's belly. So it's dead. I'm sorry. I forgot to t- tell y'all that. Oh, um, fuck this story. Yeah, fuck this fucking queen of hearts bitch um or queen of spades we hesitantly walked towards the dog my friend was so shocked he couldn't uh even cry he was frozen solid he couldn't move anymore he was afraid i was scared as well i walked towards the dog and i saw a card in it it was a queen of spades (gasps) the card had written something on it with blood it said god has left you That's a that's a disturbing as fuck phrase. That is That's a good phrase. I want to faint. That that's literally makes good, me lightheaded. Imagine walking into anything and then have anything with that phrase written on it. Yeah. No. Okay, we're not This is the one ritual game because I heard an animal. We're not doing it. Okay, we're going to do it. Yeah, that's fine. Oh my Simone. god, Simona Bones. <laughs> Cuz it's Simone and Smores. No, if if we walked into the house and then Simona Bones had was dead and had a Queen of Spades card, we would go in the fucking mirror dimension and fuck that bitch up. That's true. I would be like, <laughs> "Hey, other Channa, I guess I'm meeting you yeah, there." I guess we're summoning Toulouse's spirit to help us. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd kill myself shortly after. <laughs> to be honest. We would just die in the mirror dimension. It's That's fine. true. Why are we fucking around? We couldn't survive in there. Yeah. We're too scared. <laughs> too too we're like, scared ah! of that. Yeah. Ro- like, I would, you go through. You go it through. It plays like one mind trick on me, and I'm like, okay, I failed. You like stab me in the heart. You're like, sorry. I'm sorry. like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like the Oculus. Have you seen Oculus? No, I haven't. Oh, that's a good one too. You need to watch that. That's actually a pretty good one. Yeah, you I need have to watch not. that one. That's good. Um, okay, so uh, they basically he says we run out of the house and we went straight to my parents and they call the police. So basically, he says that the uh, so this is a little thematic. It's obviously a little bit made up. I'm oh, yeah. sure, but it's very cinematic, and as, it's like what happens. You can just picture these scenes going on. The what? dog's still alive. <laughs> yeah. In real life, the dog is okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so friends all move away, um, and they never like really talk to each other much after that. He says that, and it's like super cinematic. Um, the ser- then he like meets a girlfriend, and the series girlfriend wants him to um like show him his old stomping grounds. So so he goes back. So he had moved away as well. So okay. then he moves back to his old home his old hometown okay 
Yeah, I'm ignoring that. Oh, it's just big dicks. Okay, cool. Um, and they visit his old town. So uh, he says, we were walking around the town and we stumbled upon my friend's old house uh, uh, street. He literally said old house street. It was weird. The window of my friend's house was open. The upstairs one. I stared at it for a second and a card flew out of the window. <gasps> I stared at it as it fell down the street. I went and picked it up. The card was a queen of spades. Ew. I was shocked and I was almost paralyzed. When I turned the card around, it had something written on it. It said, you're the last one. <gasps> I picked up my girlfriend. It said, literally said, I picked up my girlfriend and we went back to my new house. He's like, no. Nope. I wasn't. I wasn't talking the way back. It says, I wasn't talking the way back. Sorry. I was thinking what this could mean. My girlfriend dropped me off to my house and she went uh, to her own. I tried searching my other four friends' names on Facebook. It turned out they were all dead. I went to the police and I asked about what happened to them or if I can find me any articles of them. They were very hesitant to talk about this with me. I explained to them that I was an old friend and I really cared about them. They didn't tell me anything. Then I decided to talk via Facebook to my friend, my friend's mom in Bulgari. I think that's like the place. So maybe it isn't Russian. I don't know. Bulgari. She told me that my friend was found dead with his belly split open and a card inside his belly saying one more left. I was shocked. I closed the browser and went to think about all of this until now. I didn't know what to do with this information, so I'm posting it here after I heard some sounds coming from my bathroom. Please don't be like me. Don't do this yourself. Goodbye. That's, it's very cinematic. Very, very like dramatic. Reddit. Cre- you know, it's very like uh, no sleep, creepypasta shit. Because it's like, now I'm writing this and I'm about to die because I heard shit coming from yeah. bathroom. But it's just a fun, spooky story. Oh, that like really scares me though, because yeah. the dog dying. Yeah, the dog dying. If the dog sure. didn't die, I'd be like, well, but like, uh, you fucking. Imagine like though, just like. Hearing... What was that? Oh, I hit that. No, it wasn't that noise. It was a different noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, imagine like like walking into your house and seeing like your animal or even a person just dead and like a queen of spades sticking out of their stomach. That'd be creepy. I'm really freaked out. I'm creeped out. <laughs> okay, yeah. so those are ritual games. They're so creepy they're and they're so super easy to, because like everything is there, but then you can do, I can do like a little bit of deep research and yeah. I get like some cool shit. Like that's why I like the ritual games. That's Sorry so I'm fun. doing them so much, but they actually really spook me out. I love your ritual games because yeah. they're, yeah, they're really spooky. But I will stop them for a little Ooh. bit for like probably at least a few months. And yeah. then probably like in October, I'll do one more. Tell us about the dick box, yo. What dick box? The dick box. The <gasps> oh the dick di- oh that's actually awesome the dick box the divex yeah, yeah. um I, that you know, reminds me of is the mealy feely mealy ah! I love how they played with you that entire movie yeah it was so good you were spooked out Jenna yeah I was spooked I'm sorry two shots of vodka so we're back everybody we just yeah. took a shot of tequila yeah. well let me just set the scene let's set the scene. Corey stood in my kitchen for seven minutes and I sat in our in our podcast for it for seven minutes, both waiting for each other. Literally seven to minutes. see where we were. And Corey came and he's like, Chana? And I was like, Corey? And he's like, are we doing a shot? And I was like, What? So I like got out. You said it earlier. So we did a tequila shot, so here we are. Long story short, Chana looked at memes for seven minutes and I stood in I stood in the kitchen for seven minutes. <laughs> Yeah, Corey thought I was like violently shitting in a different room. Oh, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. I was just looking at J Lo memes. 
<laughs> Let a girl get J-Lo in peace. We're in the same house, y'all. Like, we're, we're not even, like, the door was open. Like, we could hear each other. <laughs> uh, okay. And we decided to take another shot. So we took a shot of tequila. So, and I have eight pages of notes to get through. Yes, let's do this. Let's do this. So mine's sad. <laughs> yes. Mine's sad today. In fact, mine is so sad, and there's so many things I could be going into a lot of detail oh, with. God. I might, I may or may not be doing a case file on this in the future however it's so dark and it's so horrific that i don't know if it would be necessarily a a fun case like a welcomed idea yeah Yeah, like i don't think people would be like yeah i want to have 45 minute episode on child sex abuse damn it but like oh no is that what we're doing but like (sighs) oh everything that we could be doing we're doing god damn it okay it's not a fun time this isn't a good time this is some true crime shit yeah is it is it this sound it was similar to that. Okay. A demon's like, yes, <laughs> behind me. Is it like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Well, that that is so gonna break one of these days. Oh, it, it, we're just gonna be in the middle. I'm gonna say like Valak, and then it's gonna break. I will. I will probably <laughs> shit my pants. I will pee at the I very will least. Cry. I will. I will. Oh, cry. Simone's back. Yay, Mona Bones, protect us. Where are you, Simone? Oh, oh. <laughs> her eyes searching. She'll come. Okay. So, everybody, I'm going to be talking about Fred and Rosemary West. What the fuck? So, we're first, before we get into like the murders and all that shit, let's give you guys some background. Let's set the tone, set the scene about these people. So, we're going to talk about Fred first. So, Frederick Walter Stephen West was born on September 29th, 1941, in Much and Herefordshire, England. Yeah. <laughs> Say it again. Uh, in much Markle, Herefordshire, England. <laughs> Tea time. Uh, he was the firstborn of Walter. No, I can't do a British accent, right. especially after tequila shots. He was the firstborn of Walter and Daisy West. They were a very, very poor family of farm workers. They are close-knit and mutually protective. His father was a disciplinarian and his mother was like a helicopter parent. Damn. So his parents were pretty intense. In, in 1946, the family moved to Moorcourt Cottage at Moorcourt Farm. Um, this is where Fred's father started working on the farm. The cottage was a three-bedroom, teeny baby, nitty-gritty little house that had no electricity and was heated by a log fireplace. By 1951, Fred's mother given had given birth to eight children, and they're all crammed into a tiny baby little nugget house. So there's a lot of kids in a three-bedroom house. Damn. Six of her children ended up surviving, and Fred was the favorite. Um, the children that didn't survive, they just, like, passed away from, like, typical... Why is Fred the favorite? Because um, he was a pretty boy when he was born. Ooh. He had, like, blonde curly hair, blue eyes. His hair, like, eventually darkened, so he had, like, pale skin, dark brown hair, blue eyes, like, piercing blue eyes. Nice, okay. Um, now, Fred, he was a big mama's boy, and he had a relationship with his mom, like a Norma, Norman Bates relationship. It's so, like a little inappropriate. Ooh, but like you didn't know that. from an outside perspective how inappropriate, but like you know behind closed doors, like super inappropriate. Oh, yeah. Um, now, he was okay at school, but he left school in December of 1956, age 15, to just work full time at the farm. Fred's relationship with his mom turned sexual when he was 12. Um, and then in his teens, his father taught him how to have sex with animals, specifically sheep on the farm. Also during this time, Fred's father was regularly having sex with his sisters. What the fuck? And the family was taught that sex between family members was completely normal and appropriate, and it's what every family did, but they just don't talk about it. So don't talk about it with your friends, but this is what your friends do. 
Fred, um, he started a cat call, follow, and grope girls in his town, thinking that it's seemingly normal behavior. Um, note during this time that four girls in his town were violently, violently sexually assaulted um, right in his area, but they were never able to link them directly to Fred. But it's speculated yeah, but that, like, he was chance. there, this is what happened. It's kind of like the Ted Bundy murders, where it's like, yeah, like, we have, like, X amount of confirmed murders, but, like, he was here when this happened, so it was most likely him. Now, shortly after his 17th birthday, Fred bought a motorcycle, and two months later, he got into a pretty bad accident, and he ended up fracturing his skull, he broke his arm, and he also broke his leg. Now, he was in a coma for seven days, and when he woke up, there was, like, a complete change in his personality. He went from, like, a pretty normal guy with some skewed views of sex because of his parents to a very irritable and aggressive guy who was more sexually aggressive as well. So it, he definitely shifted after his head injury. Um, a lot of people, like a lot of psychologists, psychiatrists now believe that this accident is what really started his spiral into the serial killer he would become. Yeah. Um, two, la- two years later, he tried to grow up a girl and she turned around and she punched him in the fucking face. And he Fuck yeah. she punched him so hard that he fell down two flights of stairs and he, cr- and he like sh- cracked his skull on the concrete again so this is second time fracturing skull this time they put like a metal plate in his skull and stuff what the fuck and again right after this time his personality changed even into a more severe um aggressive and irritable and sexually psychotic asshole so like with every head injury he became more and more psycho essentially what's his name fred um west I want to look this shit up. Continue. I'll silently do it. They are like the most, one of the most famous serial killer couples in the UK. Damn. And they have one of the most like infamous, notorious addresses. Fuck that bitch. Um, so after his head injuries, when he was becoming a total psychopath, he met Catherine um, Bernadette Costello. She went by Rena or Reen. I'll just most likely call her Rena. Um, they met at a dance hall in 1960. They dated for several months before she returned to Scotland. Oh, I'm feeling the shot all of a sudden. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, me too. I'm like, say it, but with a beat in the background. I'm like, in June 1961, Fred's 13-year-old sister got molested and raped. She got pregnant by Fred's, by her own brother. Yeah, yeah, by her own brother. Wait, what the fuck? So, say it again. in June 1961, Fred's 13-year-old sister, Kitty... She told her mom that Fred had been raping her for six months and so she was pregnant. Uh, Her mom went to the police. He was arrested. Fred freely admitted to police that he had been molesting young girls. Wait, I thought the family thought it was okay. Um, Yeah, but now she's pregnant. So, like, I think that crosses the line between having sex and and, impregnating. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like, somehow that draws the line. So, uh, actually, that's a good point. I didn't even really think of that when I wrote that. Yeah, I'm guessing... Having or was it just the dad? Having sex for... No, because, like, the mom is what, like, started having sex with Fred when he was 12. I'm guessing, like, having sex is one thing, but when it becomes... Oh, I guess it's the 50s or the 60s, so you can't just have an abortion. Yeah. So you just have to be, like, blame it on him. Yeah. And, like, sh- yeah, she got... She's only 13. She got pregnant by her brother. Damn. And, like, that's going to be frowned upon everywhere. So it's like, yeah, like, fucking each other behind closed doors is fine, but now the whole town's going to find out. Damn. Okay. And, um... I don't know. That's actually and, that's actually a pretty good point. And who knows if the wife is even okay with all this? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think of that. 
Um, now, when he was arrested, he freely admitted to the police that he had been molesting multiple young girls since his early teens. And he asked, in quotes, doesn't everybody do it? Because he was so disconnected, he thought oh. that molesting and rape was part of culture. I mean, he was fucking sheeps. Yeah. It, his dad taught him how to fuck sheep. He was fucking his mom and sisters. So it's like his parents gave him a really skewed view. And plus his head injuries. Anyways, he was tried on November 9th, but the trial was dismissed because Kitty refused to testify against him. He was then kicked out of the house and he moved in with his aunt. Um, But after about a year, he reconciled with his parents and he moved back in. Um, Now, in 1962, Rena, the girlfriend I talked about before, um, she returned to uh, Much Markle and they began to date again. Um, Even though she was pregnant with another man's child, he was still like, yeah, I'm here for it. Um, Fred tried to perform an abortion on her, saying he was a skilled abortionist, um, but it failed, so they just decided to get married instead, and he would just father the child, even though it wasn't his. They were married in Ledbury on November 17th, 1962. The couple moved to Scotland, where Fred worked as an ice cream uh, van driver. Um, Rena's daughter, Charmaine, was born on March, um, in March of 1963, Shortly thereafter, the couple relocated to Savoy Street in Glasgow. Um, after the birth of Charmaine, Fred started beating Rena on a regular basis and would violently rape her yeah. um, and demand sex every single day. And when she wouldn't accept the sex, he would then rape her. Uh, because it's important. A lot of people don't talk about how rape can happen in marriages yeah, as well. Yeah. And that's uh, there was definitely a difference between him having violent sex with Rena and him raping Rena. And like both occurred. Um, he then started beating uh, Charmaine, Rena's daughter, who is not his daughter. Um, in July of 1964, Rena gave birth to Fred's first daughter, Anna Marie. Remember that name? Um, Fred loved Anna Marie. He was obsessed with her, um, but he would eventually abuse her just like Charmaine. Um, Fred had multiple affairs in the years of his marriage and used his ice cream truck as a way to lure teenage girls. He even bought a, pl- a plot of land to grow cabbages and potatoes. That's what at least what he told his wife. But really, he used that land to bring teenage girls and young women to to like violently rape him. Whoa. He even had a, sp- a plot, a spot of that land that he would rake like almost daily, but he would never plant anything. And when farmers around would ask him about it, he would say in quotes like, oh, I'm waiting for a special day. Things like that to like use fuck? it. Which is interesting because he never used it. But uh, now, today, that plot of land is a freeway. Go figure. Um, now, Rena discovered his affairs, and she, want, she went on to have multiple affairs herself, most importantly with a man named John McLaughlin. Uh, now, on November 4th, 1965, Fred accidentally ran over and killed a small boy in his ice cream van. Um, the whole village villainized him, so he had to move to Gloucester with Charmaine and Anna Marie, Rena eventually joined him in February of 1966, accompanied by two of her best friends, Isa McNeil and Anne McFall. Damn. It didn't take long for Fred to physically and sexually abuse Rena and her friends. Um, he also forced Rena into prostitution to start making money so they could even afford their apartment. To escape Fred's domestic abuse and increasingly sadistic sexual demands, Rena and Isa dep- uh, planned on escaping, and they used... Um, Rena's lover John McLaughlin to help plan the escape. Okay. John McLaughlin and Fred actually had like a pretty violent relationship. Like, like uh, fr- John McLaughlin would walk in on Fred like raping Rena and stuff, and he would like beat the shit out of John and or beat the shit out of Fred and whatnot. And they would like constantly fight and hate each other. They knew about each other and they just hated each other. Okay. Anyways, McLaughlin had this whole plan to rescue Rena and um, 
and I and Isa. However, Anne, who was the who's the friend that came with them to Fred, uh-huh. uh, at this stage she had become completely infatuated with Fred, and she told him of the plan to prove her devotion and love to him. What the fuck? He so he then beat the shit out of Rena. It was one of the most violent assaults that he's performed on her, um, and he told her to get the fuck out, and he's going to keep the kids, even though he hated Charmaine. He was still going to keep the kids. Rena left, but she did visit her fr- her kids frequently. While Anne and Fred developed a pretty serious relationship when she would take care of the kids, he'd yeah. go to work, etc. Um, Rena started to resent Anne because, one, this was her best friend before, and now she's sleeping with her husband and, and mothering her own children. So Rena became really jealous. She ended up moving back to England to be with Fred and to try to win him back and be with the kids. Um, Fred tried to balance both relationships. He did successfully for a while, but then suddenly Anne got pregnant. He was really afraid that Anne's pregnancy would make Arena like completely leave and possibly even take the kids. Um, so in uh, let's see, so in nineteen, so in July of nineteen sixty-seven, Anne she was eighteen years old at the time. She was eight months pregnant with Fred's child. She mysteriously vanished. Um, she was never reported as missing, but her dismembered remains were found after his arrest in nineteen ninety-four. Jesus Christ! So almost thirty years later, her remains were finally found. The following month after she went missing, Rena returned to live with Fred, just acting like nothing happened. Um, maybe she knew about the murder. Maybe she didn't. Um, and the couple, they moved to the Lake House Caravan Park. Rena left the following year again. Um, she left the children. She kept. She came back. The whole point is Rena and Fred had a really on-again, off-again relationship. Um, now, since Fred didn't have any women whenever Rena left, Um, he would oftentimes uh, place the kids in foster care. So the kids were being sent back and forth to foster care to him, had a mom, had a different mom, had Fred, had this, had that. It was chaos. Now, in 1969, Fred saw Rosemary Letts sitting at a a bus stop outside of her cafe that she worked at. Rosemary was 16 at the time, while Fred was 28. The meeting of these these individuals led to the death of more than 10 young women. So we're going to put a pin in that. I meet a 16-year-old dude at a bar, and I'm, like, sexually attracted to him. And because of that meeting, 10 people will die. That's disgusting. So put a pin in that. So who's this Rosemary lady? Let's talk about her. So Rosemary was born on November 23rd, 1953 in Northam, Devo. Um, She was the fifth child of William and Daisy Letts. Uh, interesting fun fact, both Rosemary and Fred, their moms were both named Daisy. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Such an uncommon name. Yeah. Maybe it's common for the time. So Rosemary's childhood was pretty fucked up. Just like Fred's childhood was fucked up, so was Rosemary's. So Rosemary's mom, Daisy, she suffered f- from severe depression, and she had a really difficult pregnancy with Rosemary. So Rose, during her pregnancy, she even went through several courses of electric shock therapy Why? while she's pregnant, even up until like, I think it was like a few days before she even gave birth. Why the Cause fuck? that's just what the psychiatrist wanted her to do. Um, now her father, he had schizophrenia and had OCD. He violently, violently beat Daisy and her kids in the house. If the house wasn't clean or if they overslept, if their clothes weren't pressed, if dinner wasn't perfect, like he w- was had such severe OCD that he couldn't handle it if there was even dust. Like he would put on like a glove and go around the house, what the and fuck? if there was dust, he would beat the shit out of the kids and the wife. 
He would also sexually abuse his oldest daughter, Patricia. After Patricia moved out, Rose's dad began sexually abusing her, telling her that it was a father's right to have sex and deflower his daughter. What the fuck? Rose was 10 years old when this started. Rose grew up regularly having sex with her father, thinking it was what happened in life. And she would also rape her younger brothers, thinking this was normal family behavior. She would walk around the house naked and fondle and rape her brothers, have sex with their dad wherever, almost daily. Rose's parents separated, and she initially moved out with her mom, but then she moved back with her dad when she was 16 to continue having their sexual relationship. I'm glad I took that shot. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to need it for this episode. Um, Her mom eventually moved back in, too, because she couldn't afford to live on her own, even though she knew about what was happening. Um, One day, an older man walked up to Rose while she was waiting at the bus stop outside of a cafe. That man was Fred. Damn. When Rose began dating Fred, her father disapproved of the relationship and threatened to call social services on him. Lol. I know, right? Rose ran away and moved into Fred's caravan, where she proceeded to care for Fred's daughters. Simone? She just tried to jump up on the um, couch thing. Come here, baby. She's like, no, I was trying to jump out the fucking window because of this fucking story. Yeah, because we're talking about parents having sex <laughs> with their kids like it's normal. Jesus Christ. Like, pause real quick. Does that mean this shit happens? Like, all the time? If these two random individuals went through this? I'm sure. Yeah. I... Simone. She is on top of the... Cute. Simone. Oh, she's going to so jump on the floor. Do it, bitch. Actually, don't, because you could hurt yourself. Simone. Rose began dating Fred. Her father disapproved of it, so he threatened to call social services. Rose ran away, and she moved into Fred's caravan, um, where she's... Oh, I already read the whole part. So by 1970, Rose became pregnant with Fred's baby, um, and they moved to a 25 Midland Road in Gloucester. Um, Their daughter, Heather, was born on October 17, 1970. Poor girl. Fred was arrested for petty theft and was in jail for about nine months during this time. Um, So while he was in jail, Rose became increasingly more irritated and impatient and disgusted with Charmaine and Anna Marie because, one, they weren't her kids. She was taking care of them. Two, they had two different fathers. So Anna Marie wasn't even related to her. Oh, wow. Or sorry, Charmaine wasn't even related to her at all. Yeah. Um, So Rose would oftentimes uh, tie them up in, like, their high chairs and, like, beat them and shit. Or, like, tie them up in regular chairs and beat them. What the fuck? One day her beatings went so far that she ended up killing Charmaine. (gasps) She told neighbors in Charmaine's school that Rena, who's Charmaine's mother, um, got back from Scotland and, like, took her back to Scotland. Um, and no one reported her missing. Are you kidding like, me? Like, no one. Like, the school didn't, neighbors didn't, I mean, no one 60s, did. the 60s, whatever. So when Fred got out of jail, she told him that she killed Charmaine, um, which prompted him to tell her about killing uh, Rena's friends, Anne, um, and her unborn child. Because, you know, Anne was eight months pregnant with Fred's child. Um, the, this murderous secret kept or made their bond even stronger because they both realized, oh, we both have killed. Like, we're both chill. This is fine. Yeah, we're totally fine. So at this point, um, Fred had Rose start working as a prostitute to bring in some money. um, And he would oftentimes watch her have sex with her clients because that is kind of how he got off was watching her have pretty degrading and pretty horrific sex. And uh, oftentimes, like these people she would be working for would have some pretty crazy sexual fantasies. So they're getting like more and more into the uh, more taboo aspect of sex. Okay. 
Um, Rena, who is Charmaine's mother, who was Fred's, who Fred's still currently married to Verena at this point. She visited them in August of 1971 to check on Charmaine because she hasn't heard from Charmaine or Anna Marie in a while. Um, and so Fred and, and Rose proceeded to strangle her when she started asking about Whoa. Charmaine. They killed her. Um, when her body was discovered years, 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 years later, um, a short length of metal tubing was found um, with her remains, leaving in a possibility that she had been restrained and, and subjected to sexual assault prior to her murder. Rena's body was dismembered, placed into plastic bags, and buried in a field, the Fuck. same field where Anne was buried. Um, so now... Rose and Fred, they share a murder together. And Fred was now officially single, a newfound bachelor on the market. So on January 29th of 1972, Fred and Rosemary, um, they got married. Several months later, uh, Rose got pregnant with their second child. The couple moved into Midland Road to an address nearby. This address is one of the most notorious and infamous addresses in England, 25 Cromwell Street. Dun, dun, Cromwell? Dun. Cromwell. Cromwell. C-R-O-M-W-E-L-L. Cromwell. Okay. 25 Cromwell Street. Ha, ha, ha. Cute. So Fred and Rose, they converted their house. So, like, the upstairs of the house was, like, an Airbnb slash prostitution zone. So, she, so like, people could, like, stay there <laughs> and, like, give them money. Like, yo, I want to be here for a month. And she would also bring her suitors upstairs. Um, and the downstairs was for their family. It had, like, separate entrances. And they even had a cellar that would eventually be turned into, like, a sex dungeon torture chamber whoa and then turn into like a children's room it gets fucked what up what the fuck so on june 1st um rose gave birth to their second daughter may june they called her may june because she was born on june june 1st because may is right cute. before june cute um <laughs> i guess they're they're, they're, they're gross okay announced september of 1972 the west led eight-year-old anna marie so Fred's first daughter that he had with Rena, yeah, um, to the cellar where she was stripped naked, bound to a mattress, uh. and gagged before Fred raped her. What After the, the fuck? Rape, Rose explained to the child in quotes, "Everyone does it to, to every girl. It's a father's job. Don't worry and don't say anything to anybody." Now this is like a mirror image to what happened to like Rose when Rose, she was a kid yeah. because her father raped her and said this is a father's right to deflower and have sex with the child and so she grew up thinking she's always supposed to have sex with her kids so now anna marie is eight years old so just two years younger than rose and rose started having sex with her dad so she was led to believe that this is what fathers do the sexual abuse would continue for multiple years they also manipulated the hell out of her pretty much Damn. saying like hey like this is normal if you tell people about it like your brothers and sisters are getting in trouble. Like, you just want to make sure, like, you understand this is normal. People just don't talk about it. This is just what happens, though. Yeah. Um, now, age 12, they forced her into prostitution, saying she was a lucky girl. So now both Rose and Anna Marie, or Anne Marie, were uh, having sex with people for money upstairs. And she was only 12 years old. She was 12? 12. She, didn't have, she probably didn't even have her period yet. She was 12. Yeah. Um, Rose was the main prostitute, and she would also engage in casual sex with any of the people who were staring in, like, their Airbnb section, whether they were, like, male, whether they identified as male or female. Um, now, when engaging in sexual relations with women, Rose would gradually um, increase the level of brutality, and she would oftentimes choke them, force and shove giant dildos into them without them consenting. 
Um, now, if the women resisted or expressed any pain or fear, this would only excite Rose and make her even push even harder. And she would oftentimes ask, in quotes, aren't you women enough? Aren't you woman enough to handle it? Damn. Rose and Fred, they took particular pleasure from any form of sex involving a strong measure of dominance, pain, and violence. To cater to these fetishes, they had a large collection of bondage and restraining devices, magazines, photographs, later expanding the collections to include videos that included bestiality and graphic sexual child sexual abuse. What the fuck? And Rose's prostitution room, there was there were several hidden peepholes allowing Fred to watch her um, have sex with her um, clients and also to watch his daughter, Anna Marie, have sex with people when she was 12 years old and she was a child. He also installed a baby monitor in the room, allowing him to listen everywhere around the house. What the fuck? People, uh, his wife and his daughter having sex. In October of 1972, the West hired 17-year-old Caroline Owens as their children's nanny. They found her when she was hitchhiking on a secluded uh, country road. No, girl, stop. Caroline hated her stepdad. Um, we do. So the West offered her a part-time employment as nanny to three children. She gladly accepted the job and she moved in. Caroline said everything was totally normal at first, but she started noticing how many suitors Rose would have and also Anne-Marie. And she thought that was really odd. Yeah. And then Fred started making comments to her. Um, about how he was a pro at giving abortions. And uh, he was so good at giving abortions that oftentimes women would throw themselves at him after the abortion, demanding sex because they were so turned on by the abortion. He and Rose would weirdo. would uh, constantly grope her and flirt with her and really just try to do everything, like butt, have sex with her pretty much, or butt, se- butt sexually assault her. Um, so she only handled that for about a month, and then she dipped. She was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm out of here. Yes. She, at that point, she moved out. She's only gone for about a month. Um, that's when Fred and Rose saw her again when, while she was hitchhiking. They pulled over. They're like, hey, we just want to apologize for her behavior. Like, we thought you were into that, and you wanted to have sex with us. Like, the kids really miss you. Like, we're not going to try to have sex with you again. No. Like, we're sorry. Can you come back? And so she agreed. Now, on December 6, 1972, um, she got into the car of Fred and Rose. She went back to the house, and that's when everything changed. Um, the second she got into the car, um, Fred, like, pulled over to the side of the Rose, and he asked her – sorry, the f- side of the road, not Rose. Well, well – And he asked Carol or Caroline if she's had sex before. And she got really uncomfortable, and he looked at Rose. He said, check. And so Rose, <gasps> like, shoved her fingers – into caroline to see if like her hymen was intact uh-huh uh caroline started screaming and fred climbed on top of her and proceeded to beat her until she passed out unconscious when she woke up she was tied um to their kitchen chair and fred and rose were staring at her and there was a cup of tea in front of her and they told her they're like look we're sorry we thought you'd be really into it. Like, we thought this is the type of thing you're into. Like, can you just drink the tea? Let us apologize. No. And she, like, believed them that they were trying to apologize because they told her they would, like, unbound, unwind her hands and stuff. They, like, undid her hands. She drank the tea, but the tree was drugged, obviously. Um, and then they proceeded to violently, violently rape her, um, including bondage, you name it. Both of them took their turns with her hours and hours and hours after they were done raping her and she was in and out of consciousness for the whole thing they then offered her a job as a nanny and a sex slave for them um in return like she would live and be okay uh, but if she didn't want to do that they would 
kill her because they've already killed uh, hundreds of yeah. girls is what they said. And she would just end up like another person in their backyard. Um, so she saw this as an opportunity to escape. And so she agreed to become their sex yeah, slave same, slash nanny. Yeah. Um, the next day she was able to escape. She sprinted <sighs> back home. Fuck yeah. She ran to her mom. She told her mom what happened. Her mom went to the police um, and the West were arrested and charged with assault and decent assault, um, actual bodily harm and rape. The case was tried on January 12th of 1973, but by this time, Carolyn, um, she couldn't make herself face them, and she couldn't make herself face the shame that society is putting oh. on her. So she ended up uh, dropping the charges, because that is, Shit. unfortunately, uh, rape culture and victim culture. Is yeah. Oftentimes, the victim can't come through. Hasn't that been changed? What do you mean? R- relatively recently, where you don't have to like appear in court if you were raped oh i don't know about that but i do know like a lot of raped victims still like i mean just look at america like whenever like brock turner classic case like yeah, he raped someone and he got away with it so yeah. like a lot of the time it's not even worth like the time and effort to put into it but that's interesting though maybe they don't have to actually face their sexual predator i don't know yeah. so yeah caroline she couldn't uh face them in actual like court she yeah. couldn't face the shame that she was facing from society um, cause she is like a rape victim. People usually don't believe them. Yeah. Especially at this time. Um, so she, uh, all charges pertaining to her sexual abuse were dropped. Uh, as long as the West just agreed to plead guilty, uh, they would be reduced. Their charges would be reduced to indecent assault, fuck? causing bodily harm. And each of them was fined $50. That was it. Wait, that's it. Yeah. They're just fined. Uh, when Caroline heard that they were just fined, they could walk free and she knew it was her fault, and she had that guilt. Uh, I don't want to let, let let me pause. That's not me saying it was her fault. That's like her saying she felt yeah. like it was her yeah. fault. Um, she like then the... attempted suicide. Uh, it failed, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she just felt remorse and guilt, especially later in years when news would come out about their crimes. Uh, so anyway, so Rose and Fred, they made a vow at that point to kill their future victims to get rid of evidence because they couldn't co- possibly go through Good another job, Caroline thing. Um, Fred, at this point, then turned their cellar into a sex-slash-torture dungeon um, right after the trial. Now, right after the trial, they brought in Linda Goff to be a nanny. I believe she was 16 years old at the time. On April 20th, 420 of 1973, oh. um, they raped her and strangled her. Not Fred long. then, <laughs> not well. Fred <laughs> this then. This is why I try, like, every time I try and make a little comment <laughs> joke, it's like, they got raped. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got raped. Uh, that's true crime. Everyone gets raped in true crime. Yeah, fuck that. Um, Fred then dismembered her and buried her in a pit in their garage. Jesus. He removed her fingers, toes, and kneecaps, which would then become a ritual for him to do after they would knee murder caps? people. Kneecaps? Kind of a weird one. Kneecaps. He would also keep bones as souvenirs. Bones. Isn't that crazy? Not, they kept clothes. Like their children would play dress up in ladies' clothes. <gasps> and then later, when they're adults, they would realize it was victims' clothing. Yeah. That's fucked up. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, their kids up. are fucked. I would up. just shoot myself in the fucking face. If you're playing dress up in the debt and your your parents murder victims. Damn. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so Fred dismembered her, removed her fingers, toes, and kneecaps. That would become a ritual for him to remove those uh pieces of her, people's bodies. Now when Linda's family they came looking for her, they were told that she stayed there for a little bit, but they left. They're like, okay. 
that's fine. It's the 60s or it's the 70s now. I guess people just get up and leave. We're not really going to look into it that much anymore. Now, when her dismembered body was found many, many years later and the jaw was completely wrapped in adhesive and surgical tape to silence her screams and two small tubes were in her nasal cavities to allow breathing, long sections of strings and sections of knotted fabric were tied around her wrists, making it likely that she was suspended in the air um, in their torture chamber. So that she was suspended, her head wrapped, and her mouth shut closed, and they put plastic tubes in her nose so she could still breathe. And she was violently raped and then strangled and murdered. Okay. So after they did that, they abducted 15-year-old Carol Ann Cooper. Um, she disappeared after she saw a movie with her boyfriend. Where are they finding all of these young women? So, somewhere in England. <laughs> Where, <laughs> what wherever. the fuck? Um, she was all near bus stops, which is interesting because Fred met Rose at a bus stop. Jesus Psychology. Um, so she was, Caroline Cooper was tortured for a week, killed the same way as Linda. Um, Carol was reported missing, but nothing came out of it. A little over a month later, right after Christmas on December 27th, Lucy Partington went to visit her friend and left to catch a bus shortly after 10 p.m. Fred and Rose found her and abducted her. Like Carolyn Cooper, she was tortured for a week and then murdered, dismembered, and buried. Lucy, like Carolyn Cooper, was reported missing. Um, it pretty much made like headlines and stuff, but there was nothing to tie the two girls together and especially to tie them to Fred and Rose. Damn. Now, between April of 1974 and April of 1975, three more young women, Teresa uh, Sigenthaler, who was 21, Shirley Hubbard, who was 15, and Juanita Mott, who was 18, met the same fate as Linda Goff, Caroline Cooper, and Lucy Partington. They were tortured, dismembered, and buried under the cellar floor of the West House. With each murder, the sexual torture got more and more intense and violent and gruesome, um, so much so that I'm actually not going to go into it because Juanita's was just intense enough where I actually couldn't read the whole thing, which is saying something for me. Whoa. Um, So it just got – they just always stepped it up. They always amped it up, and it's just not worth it to go into it because I want to remember the victims – not necessarily like yeah. graphic, graphic, graphic things they went to. So following the murder of Juanita Mott, um, they ran out of the they ran out of room in the cellar to bury bodies. So in April 1975, um, Fred poured concrete over the floor and the entire cellar and converted this into a bedroom for his oldest children. So now his oldest children are literally sleeping and playing on top of like five dead bodies. Ew. Yeah. Uh, now people now this was all going on while people were like renting out like Airbnb space up, like upstairs. Um, later on, some people actually stayed there, ended up killing themselves during the trial, realizing that they recognized what was going on, Whoa. but they didn't recognize what was going on. They smelled things, they heard things, they saw things. They didn't put two and two together. Um, so it's pretty fucked up. So like they had children around, like the, they had multiple people in and out of the house. It's I mean, not and that's like this like, is a private. I get if you're like smelling and hearing these things, but then you're like. But there's, like, children running around downstairs. Yeah, exactly. You could be like, no, I'm just being, like... Super, like, paranoid. I've just watched too much ID Channel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, like, it's important to note that because it's easy to, like, when you think of these this couple killing people, that yeah. it's just them. But, no, there was, like... If there weren't children, I'd be like, I'm going to the cops. But if there were children running yeah. around, I'd be like, but there's children Because it immediately makes you comfortable and feel safe. Because, yeah. like, who would do anything to these children? Yeah, right. Even though some of these people saw... That Anna Marie, who's 12 years old, was a prostitute. Was basically a prostitute. Yeah. And they, they still 
Yeah, there's actually, like, a lot of fucked up things about that. So, like, side note, Rose's dad, who was, like, having sex with Rose, like, her entire childhood, continued to have sex with Rose and she was a prostitute and then also had sex with Anna Marie. Rose's uncle came and, like, brothers came and had sex with her and stuff. It's, like, it's pretty fucked up. What the fuck? Like, the family sex stuff, the stranger sex stuff. It's all, it's all, all fucked up. All those people should just go to fucking jail. Forever. Forever and yeah, ever. just, like, rot in a fucking pit. Yeah. So, after Juanita's Mott, super graphic and horrific murder... And they had a couple of quiet years without murdering anyone. And then okay. they met Shirley Robinson. So Shirley was bisexual, and she stayed at the West House from April of 1977 to May of 1978. So this is about two years after Juanita um, was murdered. So it was two full years of, like, no murder. And then okay. here we are. Shirley, she had relationships with both Fred and Rose, but eventually Rose got jealous of um, their relationship because Shirley became pregnant with Fred's baby at the same time that Rose got pregnant with Fred's baby. Like a fifth baby that they're just going to abort. Yeah, it's like a fifth baby. They're not aborting these babies. They're having all these babies. Oh, yeah, they're having the baby. There's like a million kids running That's around. Worse. <laughs> so Rose couldn't handle the jealousy. Um, and she, it was either just her or her and Fred. We don't really know. But one of them or both of them murdered Shirley one day before she was due. Um, this is the only murder that did not involve sexual abuse. It was pure rage and jealousy. So that's what makes me believe it was just Rose and not Fred. She was dismembered, um, and her baby was even cut out of her stomach, maybe in hopes that they were going to make the baby live. The baby didn't live, um, so they buried the baby and the mom together in the garden. Jeez, years, later, years later, when they located the body, they found the tiny baby skeleton right next to her. Damn, that's ridiculous. Uh, Rose then a few months later had her next baby Tara um, and then in 1978 in August uh, they met their next victim Allison Chambers Allison Chambers she ran away from a local children's home to become the West Living Nanny and um, this was in 1978 I think mm -hmm. I already said that um, Chambers is believed to have lived within their household for several weeks before being murdered her body was murdered the same way as all the other girls for the sexual murders raped tortured strangled uh murdered dismembered buried but this time since they didn't have room in the cellar they took they put her in the garden um kind of right near uh where the Shirley mother died. and child yeah yeah um so let's flash forward or let's move forward to november of 1978 rose and fred had yet another daughter who they Damn. named louise making a total of six children fred also impregnated his daughter anna marie at this time um, but the pregnancy occurred in her fallopian tube, so she needed to get an abortion, like, yeah. for her health. Ooh, what's that called? Uh, an eptoctic. Yeah, eptoctic. Yeah. Eptoctic. Yeah. They had one of those abortions. Right after abortion, like, right when she got home from the hospital, Rose uh, beat Anna Marie in the stomach severely where the abortion, like, occurred. Um, Anna Marie, after that, she Why? ran she ran away, leaving all of her siblings behind, and she, like, moved in with the boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, now, the children, they were aware of some of the going-ons in the home. They knew that Rose was a prostitute. They were, like, aware that Anna Marie was a prostitute and was being raped by her father. Um, and then when Anna Marie moved out to live with her boyfriend, um, Fred focused all of his sexual advances on Heather and May, his two other daughters. Um, Heather, she resisted her father, and she was beaten severely for it. Oh. But she would, like, kick and scream and fight, and she was never raped because of it because she would Hell yeah. scream at her father. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, she was, like, a fucking fighter. 
Um, as Heather, May, and their younger brother, Stephen, they were all really, really close in age. Uh, the trio of them decided that if their father ever asked, asked either of the two girls to be alone in a room with them, they would only do so if at least one other member of the trio were present to avoid either of the girl being raped. So the two girls and their brother became a little, like, security net for each other. Oh, that's so cute. Both girls would only shower or undress when their fathers were at, when their father was out of the house or if one of the trio stood guard at the door to prevent the father to come Holy coming in to shit. Them. Um, Stephen was also, who was the brother, he was informed by his father that he had to have sex with his mother by age 17 um, or they would evict him. Um, he actually did end up getting evicted from the house when he was only 16. Yeah, I'd be like, get me out, bitch. Um, Fred would also force all of the kids to watch porn together as family time, as family movies. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Uh, Rose was part Rose. of this too. Yeah, fuck Rose. But fuck both of them. Now, in June of 1980, uh, Rose gave birth to Barry, Fred's second son, another kid. Then again, in April of 1982, Rose gave birth to Rosemary Jr., who is not Fred's child. It was one of her suitor's children. Mm-hmm. Um, in July of 1983, Rose gave birth to another kid. Holy shit. Her name was Luciana. Um, at this point, Rose became increasingly irrational and beat all of the children without really them doing anything. She was just becoming more and more crazy. Um, the stress of so many children in the household took its toll on Rose and Fred. So yeah. they were violent and violently sexual towards the their daughters. Um, the West probably continued to carry on their sexual abductions, but they didn't kill any of these new victims. But they were mm. most likely raping people during this time. There was a lot of sexual assaults that happened but they weren't killing any people now in 1986 heather the girl who was fighting off her father she told her girlfriend because she's either bisexual or lesbian um, about her father's advances um, and her mother's affairs and all the beatings she's received and she just kind of told her girlfriend all of her secrets because she realized this i don't think this is okay what's been going on sorry someone's trying to get down and she's like deciding whether or not to fuck everything up simone what are you doing Come here. Uh, Heather's girlfriend told her parents, and they were really good friends of the West, so they just didn't believe it. And they just kind of like brushed it aside. Sorry, Um, I'm like moving away from the mic. But it's okay. But they told Fred and Rose about Heather's claims, saying, like, can you believe how ridiculous your daughter's saying you're raping her and raping the kids, and your mom's a prostitute, and you guys been doing all this stuff? So Fred and Rose, um, in response, violently murdered Heather. They took her down to the basement and they kicked in her skull and what her head until fuck? she stopped moving. There's actual some accounts where uh, one of the children witnessed it because they're down in the cellar when it happened and they just hid. Uh, but Are you I kidding me? Couldn't find like an official account for that. It was just like two YouTube videos said it, but I, I couldn't find their source for that information. These are like the worst people you've ever talked about. I I think so. They're, I think they're up there. Like I hope they just fucking suffer for eternity yeah. wherever they are um fred then asked steven who was part of the trio that would protect heather and may um to dig a hole in their garden because he wanted to put in a fish pond steven dug his sister's grave and didn't know it um fred, fred then dismembered heather's body threw her body in the garden and then uh, covered up with dirt and built a patio over it in the years following Heather's disappearance, Fred occasionally would jokingly threat his children, um, saying that they would end up, sorry, in quotes, 
end up under the patio like Heather if they ever misbehaved or told anyone about their abuse. The kids thought they were joking uh, because their parents told them that Heather just ran away to yeah. go like live with the girlfriend or go like get but a job. But what about the one that witnessed it? Um, I think they were so young and so afraid that they didn't say anything or maybe they didn't recognize what happened Damn. or maybe at that point their physical abuse was so severe that they thought like kicking was normal as part of their everyday and going like unconscious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like maybe they didn't even recognize Heather was dead and it wasn't until Jesus. years later. Um, Fred and Rose told everybody that Heather just ran away. No one looked into it. No one, not a police officer, not a family friend. No one. Years yeah. went by years. No one looked for Heather. No one looked for any of the girls. No one could connect them to Fred and Rose. Um, it wasn't until one day when a minor was raped by Fred and Rose. Um, she was able to escape and ran to the police. On August 6th of 1992, police arrived at 25 Cromwell Street with the search warrant to look for pornography and evidence of child abuse. They found mountains of porno and they arrested Rose um, for assisting in the rape of a minor. Mountains Fred was arrested. Of porno. Mountains of porno. <laughs> I like that. Fred was arrested for rape and sodomy of a minor. All the West children were placed in foster care, and the foster and one of the foster parents heard one of the kids say something about Fe- Heather being under no, the sorry, patio. No, sorry, all that all that noise is, is Simona Bones looking yeah, for she's, a spot. She's trying to find a blanket right now because yeah. she needs some comfort. So the foster care, uh, the foster parent heard the kid joke about. Heather being under the patio was a little weird. She went to the police and told them. So the police were like, okay, that's fucking weird. So they got a warrant um, and they went and they dug up under the patio. Oh they found God. Heather's body. They showed <laughs> Simone, Simone is going. She's like, so I'm, I'm sad. I'm hiding. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> like, bye for the night. They showed Fred um, the body of Heather and he said, uh, you will find three more bodies in the garden. What the fuck? And they continued digging. They found three more bodies. Um, then Fred admitted to nine murders or nine bodies in the house, but he was adamant that Rose was not involved in any way, shape, or form. He kept on saying, like, listen to interviews, like how wonderful of a mother Rose was, how much he loved her. He was just trying to Damn. protect her. Um, Fred helped them find all the bodies in their house and garden, and he also took them out to the field where he buried his first wife, Rena, and Rena's friend, Anne, who was yeah. pregnant with his baby. Um, Rose was also uh, arrested, but she denied any involvement, and because uh, Fred was saying she wasn't involved, they had to kind of really figure out a way to really tie her to the case. Shit. They were able to tie her to the case because they found Charmaine's skull in the old house they lived in with Charmaine. And they were able to date her time of death based off of her teeth and comparing it to a picture that was taken of her um, right when Fred was, like, arrested. And they realized, like, her time of death was while Fred was in jail for, like, the petty theft crime uh, I talked about yeah, earlier. Yeah, fuck yeah. And so they knew, like, okay, that means it had to be her <gasps> that killed it. Oh, my God, some scared the shit out of me. Some more <sighs> bones. Are um, you okay, though? So th- at that point where they were able to tie her with Charmaine's death, um, and then Caroline, the original nanny who got like raped and escaped, she then came forward with her testimony and with uh, everything. She was able to finally like face her fears and face them in jail. Um, also, it's really sad if you listen to her talk because she realized she says like in an interview, like if I just had the courage to speak, then I would have saved nine people's lives. And she has this like Damn. horrible guilt and shame. It's like so sad watching it because you can just see it like on her face, just the guilt. 
but she did come forward and with her testimony with Charmaine's body comparing it like to the timeline of Fred being in jail and also the testimony of Anna Marie, Anna Marie they're able to like 100% tie Rose to the murders with Fred so they realize it was like a murdering duo now after like the preliminary trial um, Rose wouldn't even touch or look at Fred because she was so like disgusted that he couldn't successfully take the blame for it all. Whoa. Um, and he, this rejection of his wife and the, gra- uh, the gravity of the situation hit him, and he ended up committing suicide in his jail cell. He hung himself, and his, like, final note read um, something like, it's New Year's Day, I love you, Rose, until we meet again. And then when he wanted he wanted to be buried, which obviously didn't happen because they don't, like, follow through with, like, those type of people's death Wishes. requests. Yeah. But uh, he wanted his gravestone to say... Um, I will wait here until like I see my Rose and then we'll be together forever. Things like that. It's pretty fucked up. So Rose was then tried for the murders by herself. And on November 22nd of 1995, um, she was found guilty of 10 murders. And um, now there were 12 murders confirmed that happened, but only 10 could be tied directly to Rose. Okay. Cause the two was Rena and Anne, like his, the two bitches he killed. The judge, Mr. Charles Mantle, sentenced her to life imprisonment, saying, in quotes, if attention is paid to what I think, you will never be released. Now, many people think that Fred and Rose are responsible for up to 30 murders. Twelve are, like, 100% confirmed. But there's a lot of uh, cases of missing girls or sexual assault cases where Fred and Rose were in the area at the right time. And uh, it kind of matches what was going on. But they could Damn. only find the bodies and had actual evidence for the 12 women. Um, but now Fred and Rose they sexually abused young women they sexually abused their own children they murdered like, young terrorized. women they murdered their own children they tortured young women they tortured young children they did everything they are true monsters like they England dubbed their house like the house of horrors because like their house was so horrific with all the things it has seen it has seen violent violent crimes against Does somebody own that children now? no they demolished it it oh, was such yeah. a like a tourist trap like a because journalists were there everyone wanted to go see it they demolished it it's no more uh, and you know what's doing that at 4 a.m fun fact about the house is shared a wall at the church what the fuck yeah damn so that is fred and rosemary so west <laughs> the murdering couple who violently raped tortured and murdered their own children and young women oh my god Boom. it's a sad one i warned you yeah was- i think we would all be like just crazily sad if we realized like how much people are capable of familial rape still happens oh yeah well it's so weird because they're two completely disconnect like they're not connected in any way and yeah. both of their parents taught them both their families taught them it was okay to have sex with family members what the fuck? And like it's normal. And, and like really, that's what really. Well, not even with like me. okay. It was just like it's okay that I rape you. Yeah, like it's a father's right to deflower their what daughter. What the fuck? It it really freaks me out. I really like it. That shit happens then. It happens now. Does this happen to someone I know? Probably I yes. Yeah, and that's what's like it. And like because of that, it, I mean, it built Rosemary and Fred to be the serial killers that they were. Like I'm. I don't. Maybe they would have still been serial killers if they didn't go through all of that horrific childhood abuse. But the childhood yeah. childhood abuse definitely did not help, and it definitely like their the the way their parents treated them was was replicated with their own kids. 
with the abuse, the physical abuse, the torture, all that. I mean, it was definitely taken to a new level extreme, but it's it's horrific. It's horrific to think about. It's scary. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, that is my very sad true crime story today. So, I'm anyways, sorry. how's your sex life, Corey? Um, stuff always good. <laughs> um, You're like, I don't want to talk about sex right now. <laughs> right? Uh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jordan tried. He came home from work. And he tried, like, <gasps> kissing me right after and I typed like, out the sentence like, of, the of him, like, raping his daughter. And, like, it was right after he, like, tied her up and, like, they raped her. And she was like, oh, it's, like, a father's right to do this to Fuck you. That. I, like, typed out the sentence. Jordan's like, hello, gave me a kiss. And I was like, do not touch me right now. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I just wrote away. out a paragraph about a daughter being raped. Like, please don't touch me. Yeah, nobody touch me for, like, the next hour. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So Damn. How's, how's your sex life, Corey? Um, things are good. Uh, nothing has really super happened. Or it's been two weeks. It I has don't been even two weeks. Know We've been working a lot. Literally, literally just working. Um, this week's the Fourth of July party. Yeah, Fourth of July party. Um, Europe in a few weeks. Woo! Um, I can't really think of like something super specific. Which has been working mainly. Yeah, that's it. It's been a little boring, but we're like. You know, things will get more fun here super, super soon. Yeah, we're like three days away from a lit 4th of July party. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like super. I mean, we saw some movies. Oh, we, we saw, saw Annabelle. Annabelle. We can talk about Annabelle for a second. Yeah. Um, Annabelle was fun. I liked it. It was a fun. It was just batshit wild. Yeah, it was, it was just, just like scary sequence that are scary sequence with all these fun monsters. And it was just like, you know, Vera Farmiga was fucking awesome in it. And Patrick Wilson was just Patrick Wilson being hot. Yeah. And it was just so fun. Yeah. It's like they, they just you could just tell they had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Because like it, it's super scary. But then it reaches a point where it's just like, I'm loving this. Like I am just yeah. in for the ride. And and like the, most of the characters had like pretty good reasons to do what they needed to do, which a lot of horror movies like that that just focus on scares ignore. Yeah. But like the characters actually like had some backstory to them. Yeah. And like had reasons why they were like you know being stupid yeah or something like that yeah because they weren't necessarily being stupid they were just being super hopeful they're being human yeah i mean human um it was a fun one i did go home and then i listened to a youtube dude that i actually really hate um because he's just super full of himself and cynical um he he actually loves horror too this is his favorite genre but i don't i don't think he you know takes horror I think he takes horror too seriously all the time. You have to have fun with it. Yeah, though. and I think and he can, but it's really weird. He just he just has really big problems with falling into horror that like sort of sucks the life out of horror, or like sucks the fun or the like art out of horror and just makes it scare after scare after scare. Okay. And so he has some good commentary and he's mostly right, but it's just very nitpicky and super full of himself. Anyways, very he did point out that the with the Conjuring universe after the conjuring movies um like they turned especially with la llorona and then this one um and then like the other annabelles uh where they just turn into and i even noticed this as we were watching it because i was like wow these characters have a lot of backstory but like that's it like they really don't do anything they just react to yeah, a monster pretty flat. chasing them yeah, yeah. And so, and he did notice he's like, that is a big problem that has started to be like 
the norm, even with valet, even with a uh, what's it called? The nun. The nun shit, where there are literally like five minute sequences that literally have no story other than monster in a dark room stalking the character. Yeah. That's it. And there's literally no other story to it. Yeah. And so I, I get that criticism, but at the same time, like, and, and, and it does suck how it's happened in the past, like, three Conjuring movies. But at the same time, it's, like, really fun, though, to just, like, go and sit down for an hour and a half and just, like, watch that happen. Yeah. It's like, fuck yeah, fuck. You're like, oh. And I do think, like, their main focus is the actual Conjuring movies, like Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2, Conjuring 3. Yeah, like these are fun cash and grabs. Yeah, they're giving us they're giving us these other things. Yeah. like we're fans, we're asking for it, and so like we want it, and they know they can make money off of it. Yeah. So like they're not going to take all these sleepless nights. Yeah, but that's his criticism too, yeah. is like if we they keep should focus giving on... our money to these cash grabs, then we lose hor- horror movies with a narrative. Yeah. And like with like – the horror that is a reaction to and a cause of a narrative. Yeah, because if they paid as much attention to The Nun or Annabelle or whatever as they do as Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2... They would be better. It would be the best horror franchise. Instead of just fun, you know, junk food. Yeah, exactly. He literally says junk food, so I'm taking that from him, sorry. But, um, but yeah, it's just still so fun. It's just... Well, I just love it. Well, the, yeah. no, I love so Annabelle I Creation, fun. and I love Annabelle Comes Home. I don't like... The first Annabelle movie came home. That's now the yeah, middle I, Annabelle I movie. I skipped through, like, I literally watched 10 minutes of it. It's pretty bad. And yeah. the payoff is bad at the end. Like, yeah. I, like Jordan actually laughed. Like, I chuckled. Because well, I was like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it, it felt like I was you suddenly. You can spoil it if you want. If you no, it's, it's okay. It's a shitty movie. It's just, it was just dumb. It's like this character who shouldn't have as much of an emotional connection to the main character sacrifices herself for the main character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Yeah, the, yeah I know who you And you're about. just like, yeah. you have no reasoning behind your action right there other than like it's the to most like forced, not be the main character yeah it's the most like forced response someone could possibly have and especially for it to be like the the peak of the movie like the finale of the movie it's yeah. it's the it resolves the whole movie so it's just it's pretty dumb yeah. Like, yeah, I, w- I felt like I was watching two different movies. Like, the first half was different, and the second half was different. You're like, fuck. Because the first half, you're like, oh, this is going to be fun. And the second half, you're like, this is a little... Hmm. <laughs> no, agreed. And it's not even that scary. Like, it's... They really... Yeah, they I think they did a pretty bad job with that one. But Annabelle Comes Home was really fun. It had a lot of really good, it's scary super moments. Fun. And I agree. I mean, it would... it he, Like, again, just to semi-repeat myself, but I'm a little drunk. But, like, it just... You would notice, like, the whole thing with the TV... The whole thing with the coin man yeah. or the the ferryman, like it's not like they literally have nothing to do with the story. Yeah, they don't just to scare you. Yeah. Yeah. But it, and it literally ends up being like 25 minutes, 30 minutes of the entire film. Yeah. So it's just to add that like that dread. Yeah. And just to like it also like they did that, though, with the characters to make you probably feel an emotion for those characters, making you realize like you don't want that character to die because they didn't do that. Yeah. When and it also feels just emotionally connected. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of the Annabelle movie, well, I'm not going to say what it is, but you'll recognize it, but it's, there's a part where the daughter, um, is like almost a mirror image of Vera Farmiga of Lorraine, um, from the conjuring Two, with the way that she's like speaking and like her mannerisms and, uh, right right at the end i'll tell you about it after but it's so cool because i was watching it and i was like oh my god like this little girl actress totally watched veer formiga 
and like learned from her and was like acting like her real daughter. Like I like believed it. I was like, this is her daughter. Like this is Lorraine's Cute. daughter. And I was like, oh, that was so well done. Like that to me was like probably the best part of the movie because I was like, oh my God, I can see Lorraine in this little girl. And that was cool. Cute. I could see like Vera Farmiga in her. I just like it. I like it because it was just like a total like, hey, we have the Conjuring universe and we like y'all now totally know that it exists. So we're just going to like fucking give you shit like this is just like another pulp like semi beginning of another crash grab cash grab like you you like we're setting we're teasing Conjuring 3 shit. Yeah, we're we're teasing like possible spinoffs for ourselves so we get money i think it was just really really fun yeah it was, it was that's it why was i liked fun. it and they were like they at least like respected us enough to p spend the money to get patrick wilson and vera and vera, vera back yeah. yeah vera sorry yeah that that was of course was my favorite parts of the movie oh just their them. entire yeah. thing with just it. like vera for me and they love it like they love the conjuring stuff like they're so cute about it on social media so it's like you know they just were excited to be part of it mm -hmm. it was cool but yeah we watched annabelle that was fun it was fun um not much else my sex life i've had a broken hand so i was on either painkillers or yeah sex is just difficult with the cast everybody i just uh have to have my hand up in the air yeah <laughs> it's, it's pretty difficult i've been watching a lot of reality tv shows specifically vanderpump rules so if you like vanderpump rules hit me up because i love vanderpump yes. rules and i've always loved stassi stassi's my favorite and uh yeah jordan and i have had sex a couple times but i've been on painkillers and stuff so i haven't been like the most fun like, to have yes, sex with. yes so he's yes. like are you feeling it now i'm like maybe <laughs> you're like from yes yes, yes. Uh, my man <laughs> oh simone i'm so proud of you, you got down yeah uh, simone and s'mores are still not friends so like keep if you have any advice for that let me know keep, just send me some okay. advice i need some help but yeah everything's been pretty good we've just been working a lot we have a fourth of july party this week that'll be super fun my birthday's and two three Ooh, weeks yeah. getting my wisdom teeth taken out in two weeks yes. <laughs> it's just been a shit show summer so far but it'll be fun it'll be great True. jordan's dead asleep in the other room it's been great uh, i re rewatched hellraiser oh that's which fun which is always good i forgot how like sexually arousing and also repulsive that movie is at the same time ah yeah kind of like our sex lives yeah oh well since our sex lives are sexually arousing and repulsing at the same time our question to you guys is anyways how's your sex life ah bye guys see bye. you next week